Hello, everybody. Welcome to RPG Cast, episode 651 for the week of October 15th, 2022. It is 12.32 p.m. Madison time. That is Central Date, Central Standard Time, right? I'm Chris sure. Privetier. I'm bringing you the show an hour and a half late to start because our power was out. We don't know uh, why. Not because of a drunk driver, I assume. I, it could be, couldn't be. I don't know. I don't have any it's news always- updates. You always have the weirdest reasons for delays. Sorry? <laughs> no, I just, I'm I'm remembering, like, you know, a, a drunk driver hitting the box. I mean, that could have been um, the case this time, too. Like, something happened that made the power go out, and hitting a substation with a car is a good way for that to happen. I, I think, di- didn't somebody try to hit your house once? Yeah, but that was at night. Okay. That was fun. Yeah, they literally, they passed out in their car, and their car rolled up to a stop right in front of our house. It, like, literally did the smallest tap of the front window of the house. Didn't cause any damage. But there was a passed out driver inside, and I had to call 911. And at the end, the 911 operator had to remind me, like, you should probably go and help this person. Like, oh, I I should, shouldn't I? And I really didn't want to. And I'm like, that's so terribly selfish of me. So I got out there, and then the paramedic showed up. I'm like, oh, thank God, you do it. You guys know what you're doing. In in your defense, you don't know if he's passed out because he's tweaking on meth. Well, we're pretty sure drugs were involved. (laughs) I don't blame you for not wanting to go out there. Yeah, but still, like if the dude wasn't breathing, should have been a little bit more charitable. Anyway, that's, uh, yeah. You're nicer than I am. <laughs> Feels like I would have set the <laughs> yard on fire. Yeah. <laughs> Get so out of my property. A, stuck a walkie-talkie in his car, but hello, are you okay? Are, are you <laughs> so I'm going to go out mess? there, set up a two-way audio system, then go back to the house, and then ask yeah. him if he's okay. That's your plan. Sure. <laughs> I don't know if that's the best. All right. Well, joining me today, I, Kelly Ryan, giving interesting advice for emergency okay. resolution. L- look, I. I, I don't think these through sometimes. I am aware of this. Um, also, my cat is meowing her. I heard her. We yeah. usually don't hear her. I, I heard a squeak come through. She, 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 I am mad at her because she dumped over a whole cup of soda last night or yesterday while I was working and I was not happy. Because <laughs> you were still drinking it or because it got on something oh, bad? It was a brand new straight from the drive through uh large cup of soda that she decided this legendary to quality soda that she knocked over yeah i just won the roll on it yes uh, and it was it was pepsi too you know if it would have been a diet coke all i wanted was a pepsi and she wouldn't let me this sounds like a terrible seinfeld episode gone wrong yeah more of a 90s alt rock but yeah sure um joining us as well josh carpenter josh carpenter here <laughs> hey for the second week in a row yeah. Yeah. Who also has a jerk of a cat. Yeah. But he's destroyed he's, anything yet. Lately. He's acting within expected parameters. Which it's is to job. say come here, pet me. Okay, that's enough. I'm leaving. You gave you get you always give cute photos of him and it's look like, oh what an adorable cat. And it doesn't match up at all with the narratives you tell us about this cat. Well, well, he'll have that cute look, and then you touch him, and he's like, no, no. he'll slap at you and then run away. No way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not your toy. 
Okay, exactly. well, stop looking so cute. I can't help it. I was born this way. Oh, fine. And then finally, but not least, Phil Willis joins us this week. Hi, Phil. Hi, Chris. Salutations, felicitations, and jubilations. I have arrived. I found Phil. Well, he linked me to it, but I found Phil's old YouTube channel. Well, I guess it's his current YouTube channel as well. So you could see Phil streaming six years ago, and it's fun because his <laughs> haircut's slightly different. Other there than that, you're in the Last same room you were in then, <laughs> so no. it looks identical. <laughs> it exactly looks the same. Bruce and I are still running around and stuff. <laughs> sometimes you see poor Minu. Phil, why She's... are you joining us today? You you know. stream all the time on this channel. I what are you here today for? Stream here? I, I, well, Anna, Anna said it'd be a good idea to come because I hear you're going to be out for a little bit. I am. I'm having them be... hack up my arms with cyberpunk mods. That sounds terrible. I'm getting augs. That sounds fun. <laughs> I'm getting Oggs. I'm getting the little sword that shoots out of the elbow so I can very inefficiently whack people in the face with it. That yeah, that's all fun in games until you go to scratch your nose and uh, <laughs> end up murdering yourself. Yep. Uh, it's good and we like this now, How, right? Wait, I'm trying to figure <laughs> out the physics of that one, Kelly. Like, out of the back of the elbow, if I scratch my nose... How am oh, I? Oh, back of the elbow. Yeah, I'm sorry. yeah. Thought, it comes out the back of the elbow, and then you swipe with it, right? With the elbow. I thought you yeah. were describing like Wolverine claws. No, right? no, that's. I I can't be trusted with those. Yeah, I agree. I mean, even during my gothiest of gothiers, I never did the full uh, arm spikes just mm. because I I know that I would have uh, given myself a piercing by accident. How does the arm spikes even work? Well, the the I mean the wrist ones. Oh, just a a wrist. Okay, yeah. All right, and you'd like put your head down and poke yourself in the eye, probably. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm getting carpal tunnel and cubital tunnel surgery on both arms. Uh, one in the first half of November, one in the second half. So I'll be off the podcast for a while, away from computers, pretty much. So that's gonna suck, but uh, that's that's my life. Um, in our Phil, we have Phil, right? Howdy. Hi. Yeah, I've done some. I've done some podcasting back in the. You've day. done some like podcasting. A of, just a couple of things here and so there, what's the plan episodes. i think first off you're doing some extra life coverage for us right right because uh coming up can't here do it. On, yeah yeah can't do it can't can't be here for that no i think it's november friday starting friday uh november the 4th we're kicking off with a lot of extra life coverage uh anna's actually kicking things off at 4 p.m eastern and then uh, and we're gonna have like 50 some straight hours of just straight streaming as we all all the streamers tag team with each other but then yes at 11 a.m. Uh, Anna and anybody else who wants to join us is going to be doing RPG cast. Yay! Woohoo! So I might actually show up, but not be running it, and so that'll be interesting. And it's just going to come put the headset on there yeah. for you, and just like yeah. yeah that's well, I'll fair. have one hand working at ah. that point. So it, we actually, th Anna and I talked about like we might find a game where we can each control half a controller because she's actually getting surgery on her arm as well on the first. So she's oh, going to be down to one arm, but not one hand, because she's only wow. having the elbow worked on. So her hand will still work. It's weird. She thinks she's going to be able to game. It's going to be interesting. We're going to wow. tweet about maybe, it. Maybe you could each get like a Joy-Con and play a Switch game that way. Yes! Oh, that's a great idea. Right? Yes. Oh, I love it. See that? I can see that happen. I can see that, it's going to be work. terrible. That would work. <laughs> Yeah, so. play something like Smash or uh, Mario Odyssey. One of you is controlling the Mario and the other one's doing the buttons. I love it. I think it's a good yeah. idea. So, Phil, 
Um, tell people about Extra Life. What's that about? Well, you know, we're gonna be we're gonna be raising money for uh, for children through the uh, the Children Miracle Hospital Network, I believe it's called, mm-hmm. and uh, we do that by streaming incredible amounts of hours and people uh, pledge money uh, for us streaming. And you can find out all about this at rpgamer.com. Uh, Extra Life 2022. Actually, it's probably easier just to Google that up than for me to try to say the URL out loud. Uh, but we are going to be starting, as I mentioned, at 4 o'clock Eastern on Friday. And we're just going to be streaming all the way through till Sunday night, midnight Eastern Standard Time. And Tam will be taking us home on that, and we'll see how long he lasts <laughs> on Sunday night. I'm so glad uh, I'm not doing the the midnight stream this time. Oh, yeah. You did that last year. People like to watch me fall asleep. It's terrible. You you were fading out. (laughs) It was like watching one of those wrestlers who just got beat up. I'm too old. I can't do it anymore. I'm with you. Like on Saturday, I'm down until midnight my time, 2 a.m. Eastern. And I know by midnight, I'm already I'm definitely going to be falling asleep at the wheel. So I'm too old for this. Yeah, Pushing to 2 a.m. is what I could do. But like playing after 2 a.m. is just a death sentence. Yeah, no, it's terrible. One of the cool things that we're doing is at 11 a.m. Eastern on Sunday, November 6th as part of this, is I'm grabbing a whole bunch of streamers, and we're going to be playing Dungeons & Dragons. So that will actually be part of the big mega stream. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, so, but if you if you want to help uh, help children out, please head on over to our Extra Live page. There are links where you can, you can do it through Anna, Ryan Radcliffe, uh, Tam... Robert Albright and Sam Wakamater over there, and they each have their own links, and you can click on one of those and get a little smiley face every time you do that. So we'd appreciate if you'd help out the kids. Money goes directly to the hospitals by way of Children's Miracle Network. We don't touch it at all, and it goes directly into doing things like buying equipment to help heal kids, funding research, um, buying equipment to help the kids while they recover and keep them entertained, all that sort of stuff. All sorts of things. Each hospital kind of allocates the funds themselves, and each of us are playing for a different local hospital in our area. Mm-hmm. And we also have a sponsor that's matching up to a thousand dollars of of we do donations done through Paws. Yeah, courtesy of Pixel Map Adventures. That's what it says. That's really cool. I believe everything that we see on our website. So your donations can actually make more happen. Yeah, get Anna funded up to a thousand first, and then yeah, get her funded up to a thousand. So ignore everybody else and just do that through Anna until. Yep. So yeah, please go and check that out. Yeah, we got big link right on the front page. So that's where Mm -hmm. you find more about it. And during this week, we'll be streaming a lot of non-RPG games as well to spruce it up. So this is one time that you'll actually see us stream games that we don't normally cover. We don't do a whole lot of that outside of Extra Life. Actually, we don't have a link on the front page. How do people find this? No, we were talking about that in one of the staff We'll channels. put a link on the front page. Otherwise, just search the site for Extra Life. It'll come up. Yeah. I think yeah, it's going to get tagged once the, uh, the, the, the giveaway is done. Yeah, if you search Extra Life in the search box... On the new site, the search box works, which is still amazing to me because we went so long without a working search box on the old site. Yeah, the first link is Extra Life 2022. There we go. Well, with that, since you are our guest, Mr. Phil Willis, why don't you tell us what you've been playing lately? Well, 
you know, I only played the newest, bestest games in the whole world being like a regular streamer and all. It's important that I'm always cutting edge, and that's why I'm playing Baldur's Gate Enhanced Edition by Beamdog, because it's awesome. The game's not very Dragons. new. I think it's been out it's, for 10 years. Not to know, mention it's an old game to begin with. Yeah, you know, that's one way to look at it, but when you're as old as I am, it's pretty darn new. Right. It's still new. It's still got that fresh game smell to it. So it's fresh on an infinite timeline. Got it. <laughs> and uh, I started uh, I started that party about a month ago, and I've just been bopping into it here and there, streaming that. We're up to chapter four on that guy. And what, I'm level six on a lot of my characters. My straight class characters are level six. So we're popping out fireballs like cotton candy, which is always super fun. So that's been fun. I want to get through all of the Baldur's Gates because Baldur's Gate 3 is coming out. And it's been so long since I mean, I, I played the original fun story was I originally played Baldur's Gate when it first came out. And I hated it because it took what is traditionally a turn based affair and turned it into this pause and play. Uh, no offense to Anna. What do you mean it, but it, took, into this... it took a turn based affair? Like, yeah, these are original games. What are you talking about? Because they're based off of Dungeon Dragons, and all the Dungeon Dragons well, games that came right. out before it were turn-based. Because the board, the the, the tabletop is turn-based. Yeah, and they turned it into pause and play, which incredibly changed the strategy and the dynamic of the game. Fireball all of a sudden would tend to hit your party more than the monsters because you start casting it and you have to place where you you want to cast it, and then you unpause it and everybody moves while your caster goes. Hum, 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 hum. And of course, you while that's nothing. going on, <laughs> your party's just rushed right into the area of the fireball. You're like, no, you try to hit the space bar again, but it's too late. The fireball goes off and it knocks out half your party. Meanwhile, all the enemy mages cast crowd control on your people and they all land at the same time. It's really great. And then you mm-hmm. have to reload. Yeah. So uh, my my uh, and coming from like the gold box games and, and Dark Sun, where you had so much better tactical control over what happened on the battlefield, it was just an exercise in frustration so i only got like maybe part way through the game halfway tops when i had first played it back in 1998 or 99 or whenever it came out and then i put it on the shelf and then i gave it another run i want to say 2007 or 6 and i did just learn to accept the game on its terms stop being an old fudgy mccrudgy and just learn to adjust my strategies based on you know, the fact that nothing's going to stay still. So only use Fireball as an opener um, or make sure you've got your people frozen in place and, you know, don't turn on the AI, whatever you do um, type of thing and worked around that and did a lot better and was able to beat the game. But it was like 14, 15, 16 years ago. So I'm like, yeah, with Baldur's Gate 3 coming up and I'm getting more into running Pathfinder sessions again and everything. I'm like, it's a great time to jump back into this. You haven't so, even gotten the Baldur's Gate 2 yet. No, we're. I'm not even into the expansion yet to Baldur's Gate One. I'm chapter. Are you going to play Baldur's the uh, new expansion they made for it, Siege of Dragon Spear? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Unless it just turns out to be horribly bad as I get partway through it, but I'm at least going to give it a shot um, and see what it's like. Yeah, because the expansions, you know, back back when they did Baldur's Gate and uh, Baldur's Gate Two, that's when expansions were beefy, not the DLC mini expansions we get today. That was kind of one of my gripes with DLC and RPGs is that they give you like a little three hour adventure. And I put it akin to like, imagine you read this epic book and you really, really enjoyed it. But the author comes out and goes, but I've got a bonus epilogue chapter for three more dollars. Like, I don't know that 
to me doesn't seem compelling. I had this really great story, had a beginning, a middle, and the end. I don't want to pay three dollars just to get a little taste of some epilogue that I. Well, probably... this is a different author, so it's actually more like fan fiction. Yeah, <laughs> more like yeah. But that's uh, you know, but with Baldur's Gate one and two, the expansions that came out were really beefy books. You know, I mean, they were really beefy, you know, stuff on there. So yeah, I'll check out to see what what Beamdog has done. Whether it feels more like a little throwaway DLC or it feels like the old beefy uh, expansions of old. So I'll give them a shot. No reason not to. And then I'll move on to two, and then we'll see. By the time I get through all that, maybe Baldur's Gate 3 will be out, or maybe I'll move on to like something like Divinity Original Sin or Pillars of Eternity or Neverwinter Nights. So, top of that, doing uh, Monster Hunter Rise PC. Uh, a lot of my friends jumped the Switch boat when the PC version of Rise went on sale. So, I'm working Traders. my way back up through low rank. Uh, 60 frames a second. Chris, it's so silky. It's so all silky. my levels and my gear. It's it, but it's silk. It's silk. And you know the cool thing about Monster Hunter is, uh, you can play different weapons. So right now I'm focusing on mostly Greatsword, which I never play Greatsword, so it feels like a completely you know different game there. So I'm enjoying that. Not doing super great with it. I still kill faster with just about every other weapon that I try, but maybe I'll get used to it. Maybe I'll become the great sword master that ever was. Also doing a little Disgaea Five because people demand that I play more JRPGs. So. Working my way through that one. Cute story. I don't think I like it as much as Disgaea 4. But story-wise, it's probably up maybe around 3's level. But 3 was probably the lowest for me. <laughs> so I, I think story-wise, 4 was peak, and they've kind of gone downhill since. Though I haven't um, finished 6, so I don't know how good 6's story was. Yeah, it just kind of feels like it's kind of meandering. It has its moments, but it just kind of feels like somewhat familiar territory doesn't help. Main protagonist who's just kind of emotionalist, even though he's struggling with deep emotional issues, kind of like Cloud. And I never thought Cloud was a very compelling character, so that doesn't help. Um, but I'm kind of curious to see where some of the, you know, how the, some of the plot unravels as I kind of get through it. And there are some funny moments between some of the characters, so it's not totally uh, devoid of of all humor or anything, you know, there's some good moments to be had, but I I, I still like four more. But I'm going to need to plug through it. That's it. You hitting those big numbers yet? I need to go and grind some more because I hit this new chapter, and even though I'm higher level, the enemies aren't dying in one hit, which is unacceptable. All <laughs> normal mobs must die in one hit, so that means it's time for another trip back to Item World. Yeah, or maybe reincarnate a couple of people. Might be time for that. I usually do that at least once when I'm playing through the story. Gives them a nice power boost. Well, that's all. Cool. Let's see. What have I been playing? I've also been playing some Baldur's Gate, but I won't talk about it because my experience is largely the same as yours, except I'm a little further behind on levels, even though I'm at the same part you are. Gotta go and grind. Well, and the grinding in that game seems to me just go and explore a whole bunch of the open areas that aren't really required, and usually you run into... A lot of monsters, I'll give you some XP plus some extra little... Well, things respawn in that game, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the monsters aren't, like, a huge form of XP, but the side quests that you'll pick up, they can be sometimes. I guess they'll add up over time, but... Well, they'll give you ones that are higher than your level, and then they're worth, like, 2,000 XP, and that's nice. Oh, yeah, if you get those... Those those, uh, sword spiders. basilisk. Get the basilisk. Oh, yeah, those two. The undead trick with the basilisk. I need to go do the Basilisk Mac, actually, now yeah. that I have all the spells for Stone to Flesh. 
Or you don't need so in a flesh. All you need is summon undead or just we'll get use, the free zombie. I don't there. have a cleric. I don't well, have a cleric. The There's a free zombie at the beginning. He'll join your party. Oh, okay. He's in the upper left corner of the map. Maybe not all the way in the corner, like a little bit south of the corner. But there's a zombie guy who, if you're nice to him, he'll join your party, and he can be your basilisk tank. Well, I'll go check that out. <laughs> yeah. So so does it, the combat in Baldur's Gate, is it, I, I, my understanding was it is very similar to, like, KOTOR. Is that is that kind of the case? Yeah. That's, my, that's only my only I mean, KOTOR is from that lineage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's pause and play. The difference is perspective. Obviously, Coder is kind of like over the person, shoulder third person. You got fewer team members, whereas Baldur's Gate's isometric, and you've got six team members. Mm. But you're and you're definitely talking to more tactical experience because you're dealing with AOE effects and the such. Uh, definitely a deeper system overall. Kotor is D twenty based, though, right? But it is D. Yes. Yeah, Kotor is yeah. D twenty based. Yep. Yeah. So. so yep, yep. Kind of a third a good- edition sort of thing. Yeah, it's a good progression to like play KOTOR and then move on to Baldur's Gate if you don't mind learning some of the uh, the odd rules of the older system. It'd be better like for the other classes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I played KOTOR way back in the day and loved it, but I, yeah, I've always kind of. Well, now you can play KOTOR too, or did that get delayed? I can't remember now. No, that came out the, with the the the, the some extra of the cut, stuff re-added. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought yeah. we had a story about the Switch edition getting canceled or delayed or something. I, I yeah, maybe delayed. there was. Yeah. yeah, but that one wasn't enhanced, so it doesn't matter. Oh my gosh, I can't keep it all up straight. If you have it on Steam, it you you can now download the. I think it's just like a DLC patch, basically, and you can add all which a does a bunch of, of stuff that was already done with mods. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it just formalized what was already in in the mod scene. Awesome. Cuz there was tons of stuff in that game that just got cut at the last minute cuz they had to hit a I think it had to come out for Christmas or something. Mhm. Yeah, it just had to come out. Oh boy. So, I've also been playing SteamWorld Heist. I needed something to play while I was in bed and I said, "Oh, I want to play SteamWorld Quest, but I haven't finished Heist, so I'm going to start Heist." And at first I didn't like it. And then it's grown on me, and it's pretty, pretty, pretty well designed game. Kind of a two D XCOM. You know, it's turn based, and there's no there's no Overwatch, but there is turn based. There's aiming. You're shooting people. You get levels. You get better gear. Um, and it's like a nine hour experience, start to end. So nice. that's the right length, right? So, mm-hmm. and you collect hats, and it's got good humor, and I got to kind of see what happened to a character I cared about from SteamWorld Dig Two. Um, so heist actually came out before SteamWorld dig two, but the story takes place after SteamWorld dig two. I don't know if development just got messed up and they weren't able to release the games in order, but I'm now caught up on the SteamWorld timeline as far as what happens the furthest in the future. Now I'm going to go play SteamWorld quest and see what happens in the distant past, I guess. And yeah. I don't know if they're ever going to finish up the SteamWorld storyline because there's a lot of hanging threads and people who need to reunite. And I don't know if any of it's going to ever happen. And the SteamWorld games are good about having a good setup for their story and their world and like doing very little with their narratives and like just like giving you some credit scenes that say, well, here's what's next. And then that's it. And and you're like, well, you could have done more with your story but also I liked it. So can you do more with your story? And then the next game, they'll be like, here's some more story and, and expand the world. And then we'll leave more dangling threads. And it's like, well, can you bring it all together? And I don't know if they will. (laughs) And now they're worried about being a publisher more than game developer. So whatever. So they're going the route of valve (laughs) more or less. Yeah. The thunderful games 
Um, we talked about this a while back, but Thunderful Games doing a bunch of publishing. Image and Form, I think, is their studio name inside there. So that's the ones doing the SteamWorld games. And they have some sort of SteamWorld Headhunter or something as the next one. It's an action ga- adventure game. But we don't know when it's coming out. Um, and uh, But there is a trailer. Came out late 2021. Um, oh, yeah, this one. Yeah, where the dude like shoots. Yeah. it's There's no gameplay in it. I have no idea what it's going to be, but, uh, yeah, see where that fits into the timeline. Yeah, that's all I got. Kelly, what you've been playing? I fell off the wagon. No, Kelly, no. (laughs) I I fell off the wow wagon. (laughs) Why? Um, Because the, uh, expansion comes out next month. And the pre-patch comes out at the end of this month. And I'm on vacation this week. And I thought, well, why not? Why? So When was the I, last time you really enjoyed a WoW expansion? Legion. That's why not. Five years ago? <laughs> but she's not playing the new expansion. She's playing classic. Yeah. Oh. There's a, there's a promotion going on right now where if you finish the Death Knight Starter Zone, um, you get a mountain retail that's like this really cool f- frost proto worm dragon thing. So I just ran through the uh, <clears throat> the Death Knight Starter Zone on a cow Death Knight or a Torn Death Knight that I named former cow because I couldn't name it dead meat because that was already taken. Um. So I just ran through Orgrimmar and people, you know, throwing bananas and spitting at me and stuff like that. And now I remember what was frustrating about uh, making a new Death Knight is if you want professions, well, you've got to start at level one. Hmm. I remember I mean, that. It, it, it's a, <clears throat> and unlike the original one, you can you don't have to have a high level character on your server. You can just make one, but you can only make one um, one Death Knight. So. You know, run, running around doing gathering professions, you can make a ton of money selling the stuff while you're leveling them. But yeah, I completely forgot about that, and also forgot about how clunky the old maps were, and oh, just just all sorts of things. It's like, yeah, we we fixed a lot of this stuff, but it's significantly less clunky than vanilla classic, which I'll give it that. So Anna was talking about wanting to do Witch King Classic. Um, I I rolled my Blood Elf Hunter. I don't know if I'm going to level her or not, but that's going to depend on what Anna's doing. And then running around in retail last night, it's like, I don't remember what I was doing or what I was doing it with. So let's just unlock for Surely you were frustrated about Covenants in some way. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I was frustrated about that and just overall lack of good travel options but now you got to go play all the raids see all the cutscenes, be done with the story and then do more mall dailies i don't know I, <laughs> what do you do in really all the in- <laughs> yeah i wasn't even really all that interested in the story in this because it, it just means f all in the grand scheme of things uh the, the, I don't even know what the Jaywars' big plan was, and Silvana. Well, I don't think they've well, released. They, they have. The, that's the thing. They punted. They're like, "Oh, I was fighting against an even greater evil." So yeah. you'll see in the future what my plan was. It's it's the mm-hmm. same punt they've been doing for five expansions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so preach but, it, but, brother Chris. <laughs> 
But the reason why I'm curious about Dragonlands is because every bit of media I've seen from the Dragonlands is just giving me Mist of Pandaria vibes. Wait, they have a Dragonlands expansion? So I'm it's sorry, D&D Dra- themed? Dragon, oh. Dragonflight. Oh. I keep wanting to call it Dragonlands. <laughs> I don't know why, but that's cool. Dragonlands, but I'm hearing Dragonlands. I approve yeah. of this mistake. <laughs> keep making it. Um, I mean, they, they should have called it Dragonlands and Shadowflight. It would have been a much better named expansions, but anyway i don't think it would have helped no. anything <laughs> no it wouldn't have but it amuses me so right. but yeah just everything i've seen about the the dragon expansion has just given me miss vibes and i miss 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 vibes that's really incredibly hard to say so i'm, I'm gonna give it a chance i i want to see what they do with it i can't wait to roll my my dragonborn or whatever it's called, Drexir Evoker. <laughs> We're really going with the D&D thing. <laughs> it's my Dragonborn. Gonna, I'm just going to call it a Dragonborn. That's what it is. Drexir. Um, pe- people are mad because they look like low-budget furries, and it's like, I don't care. So is everything in WoW. Cool. Like, what are you talking about? Well, like, well yeah, WoW has been... We're just reusing the, um, the, the Worgen model, which was reusing, reusing some other model. So, you know. Yeah, one of the sillies is uh, I showed a warg in my tail, and he just walked off and be looking sad. What did I do? You know, <laughs> implying that wargans are sad that they don't they have don't tails, have tails. Yeah, dragons apparently do. Yep. Um. Oh. Oh. And because I had picked up that uh, one cat mount on sale a long time ago when I was even unsubbed, it's like, yay! I'm running around on a kitty cat. This is my new favorite mount. I like to fly around on the mouse. <laughs> I I love the kitty cat. It looks so fluffy. I want to reach through the screen and pet it. <laughs> How much and, is that kitty that, cat? Twenty five dollars? Oh my gosh! It was twelve dollars. I picked you it got up it on, on sale, sale, but I'd have to pay, I, which is pointless because who cares, right? Like why? Why do I feel the compelled to buy these things if I'm playing the game, but then I'm not going to play the game because I don't care about the game? Like what? What is it about these things? That suck the money out of my wallet. I hate it. Blizzard appreciates your patronage. It's just, it's manipulative somehow, and I don't like it, and I it's not illegal. They should be allowed to do it, but also, I hate it. I wish the game was built on something else other than this sort of monetization. I don't know. I mean, it's how games have been going since Horse Armor. Yeah. Um, I mean, the real problem is probably WoW tokens, but I can't even perceive how that impacts the game because it's too complicated, but... The mounts are what make me frustrated. <laughs> um, it's not mounts and pets that get me. It's feline mounts and pets yeah. that get me. Well, you, because you have <laughs> some level of control, I guess. I'm like, anything that looks cool, I want it. <laughs> but e- even then, I waited until that one went on sale. Um, some of the the pet the mounts that have come out that were feline, like the Stone Guardian and the... Um, the Luminous Stalker and a bunch of them. I did not wait. I paid full price for those. <laughs> but and it's like, what's the point mind. of these mounts if you're just going to show them up? And like, why do you need 50 of them? It's like, you just need one. And it's I, the one you want to ride and see on your screen. And nobody else cares what your mounts are. So it's like, but it's so hard to control yourself to just do that. I find. I, I, co- I collect the cat mounts. On, Gotta have them I, all I, for no reason. Yeah, I, I have them and I like them. Uh, I, 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 I like something. to have them like for myself. I think of Monster Hunter 
right? And the real in-game of Monster Hunter is Fashion Hunter, right? And I'm going to be staring at this hunter for hundreds of hours. I like the fact that sometimes right. I can change but, it up and wear something different. But you don't, don't need everything. You just thinks. need the ones you think look good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely I mean, And right. unfortunately, use- like with Blizzard, I feel like I need everything, and I don't know why. <laughs> you don't know why. <laughs> I mean, like Monster, or like, well, Monster Hunter has me in the same trap. I've had the DLC with the cat outfit, like, in my wish list, and it's been on sale and somehow i've only resisted that one because i finished monster hunter maybe chris it's the is don't don't they have like a completionist log in that one they do wow yeah, that's probably what it is and kind of it you to catch yeah. them all that's not yeah. it should be at least i can say i'm i'm working on an achievement but no it just feel like i just have fomo like i don't have a check mark next to all the things in the store yeah why why do i care about that see that that, that the, the check mark doesn't bother me and, until it's a cat. <laughs> uh, you know, well, good real, for you. I mean, that's good. That's good. You're better than me. That comes up here is in the chat is, well, how are you supposed to block the mailbox unless you have a really huge mammoth mount? Oh, well, the answer to that is you get the dinosaur and you can't get it anymore. The, the answer to that is I'm an engineer and I have my own mailbox. <laughs> I don't need your mailbox. <laughs> Built my own. Oh, I, I mean, I my my love for cats is is such that I have that uh, seventy dollar cat from um, Thirteen Sentinels pre ordered. So I saw that this week, and I was wondering if you. <laughs> oh yeah, well, I was like, why did I pre order that? That's a seventy dollar. Oh wait, that is one to one scale. That means it's going to be as big as one of my cats when it gets here. Okay, <laughs> I have to have this. You already have the living cat, but now you're going to have the th- the uh, the actual doll cat. Yeah. Fifty well, <laughs> yeah, percent experience a- buff in the game right now. You know, to to annoy my actual cats, maybe I'll put it there where Alice likes to get into and destroy my stuff, and she might be deterred, or she might destroy the cat. Who knows? Well, um, well you're going to have to get a picture of the two of them together quickly before anything, anything untoward happens to it. Yeah, I mean, that's the other thing that was kind of a weakness, was, you know, it's a... Uh, tuxedo cat which i am totally into right now is tuxedos because of my tuxedo and who owes me more likeness rights vanillaware or atlas (laughs) i want to say atlas because alice looks just like morgana in the cat form no morgana has a weird striping effect that alice doesn't have she she has stripes morgana morgana has he has that weird stripe thing on his tail. Because Alice has the tip on her tail. Yeah, but Morgana has the little black stripes on his socks and tail tip. Oh. You see the okay, little yeah. at the very top of them? And then that manifests a little different in his pseudo-human form. Okay, Alice, Alice, Alice doesn't, doesn't have, have that. that, no. Alice but also doesn't does... have the white socks, right? Yeah, she has white socks. Oh, okay. Though some of them are more... Um, like finger gloves and socks, like on her toes. Her toes have like two, or she has two white toes on her back feet, but then little mittens and stuff. But. Yeah, all right. I'm, you know what? I think they both owe you royalties <laughs> for a, a cat colorization that's very common. Yeah, <laughs> relatively. <sure. laughs> but somehow so you cute. have a copyright. <laughs> 
also somehow Alice has like little garter belts on her feet because she has um, little white stripes that come up to a ring. Looks very cute. I'm I'm annoying her right now looking at her feet. I better leave her alone. Oh, now I'm seeing different photos without the little black stripes. I'm so confused. We need a we need we need a perfect works book to give us the true proper form of Morgana's coloring. I, I'm just saying tucked. Tuxies, man, they they are cute, and they also are little bastards. Anyway, um, I've I've also been playing more Trails, uh, tra- Trails from Zero. Yep, meeting new people, meeting people you've already met. <laughs> yeah, that's driving me crazy in this game because it's been a little while since I played Cold Steel Four, where everybody came together. So it's like, wait, Croy, why do I know that name? Oh, you mean Bella Croy, the that crazy bad guy girl like oh oh yeah, yeah she, she's spoilers. crazy now too yeah yeah that that that's the problem with playing them in this order isn't it kelly it's like <laughs> yeah there's some stuff that's just gonna be spoiled yeah um i believe that trope is called late arrival spoilers <laughs> um, this is yeah, why and, i'm and, waiting i'm gonna play all these games in order yeah i, mean, sure. I figure at this point i've taken so long i may as well just do it in order and that that'll that'll be what I get out of waiting so long. I agree I with mean, Chris's strategy. That'll probably be the best thing for you because you'd be going from Sky to Crossbell to Cold Steel, right? And um, Sky and Crossbell. I will never will get done with this. Engine. I will never. <laughs> you need so, to start now, Chris. <laughs> well, I'm yeah. tempted to buy World of Warcraft right now. Like, how am I going to ever? Don't do it, Chris. Don't go to the dark side. <laughs> But my Don't friends are it. playing, Phil. No, it doesn't playing. matter. You know, if all your friends jumped off the bridge, would you do it? Come how, on, Chris. How tall is the bridge? It's really tall. <laughs> it's like years in the making. Can I tall. survive the? Can I survive the fall in the water? No, like your wallet cannot. I've learned that no. you you can die from falling into water from very high heights unless you're very lucky and do a proper form. So right. I, I'm I'm I I wouldn't jump at a certain height. Yeah. No, it's terrible. Uh, Unless you have the cat ring, which hey, we did a dark uh, dark souls and demon souls backtrack. This the cat week. ring is great, except even if you're very, you can't survive all falls with it, Kelly, and it pisses <laughs> I, me off. I, I think I what's interesting to me about World of Warcraft is like I got so many friends who are just like drawn by the allure of like, oh, I get to play a dragon, all this. I'm like, guys. How many expansions now? Every time you get drawn to expansion and you're out before even the first content patch drops because. You're like, man, this, this. No, Phil, don't you understand? There's a 50% experience event right now. I need to play, level up an alt, so I can throw that alt away, so I can play the new race that doesn't come out till the expansion's released. Don't do it. Chris. It's very important. Just, I, yeah, no. <laughs> Just don't. I mean, I hung through BFA pretty, pretty much the entire expansion, even though that one was kind of mediocre. Um, Legion, I played so much. I, I think I had every single class at level uh, 120 with all of their um, class mounts unlocked. Because um, I, enjoy, I enjoyed that one so much. Mm-hmm. And then Shadowlands, yeah, I was out before patch 1. Point, or 9.1. Just because I it, well, it took forever to come about, out. <laughs> yeah, my my biggest complaint about Shadowlands was the uh, had they made 
they went out of their way to make travel just as inconvenient as humanly possible. And we don't know and, if they're going to do the same thing again. They already started nerfing the dragon's flight mechanic. <sighs> it's all about immersion. The longer it takes you to get somewhere, the more immersed you feel in the world. And yeah. that's fine, except um, when they, you know, then release that at a certain point and then take it away. Like, there's nothing immersive about, oh, now you can fly like this, and then now you can't for no reason. That's like not immersion. Your, you're, you're, yeah. We're pulling your head up out of the water, and we're immersing you back in. That, that's called waterboarding. <laughs> we're just gonna, you're gonna, and you're going to like it, and you're going to pay for all the mounds, too. <laughs> Learn from Guild Wars 2 and just fast travel, says Chaos. Yep. Uh, I mean, I think I think that they learned a little bit from getting their shit kicked in by 14. That's what I should be going back and finishing. That game respects I, I me more. <laughs> I mean, well, <laughs> crap, one of the first things I tried to do when I booted up WoW was go to the quest log and auto-travel oh, to hi. the nearest uh, waypoint. <laughs> nope. <laughs> we don't have that. Like, oh, right, that's not in this game, and it should be. Because I, I will admit that's one nice thing about 14, is that they, they don't go out of their way to make travel inconvenient. People still stick around. Yeah. <sighs> what else did you play, Kelly? Um, More Shining Force 3 uh, Scenario 2. Is it holding your interest? Oh yeah. yeah. It's it's holding my interest so much that I ran my Steam Deck completely out of battery. Well that because... that takes what, seven and a half minutes? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was it was about three hours of oh, okay. constant playing. That's better Thursday than I night. expected, I'll be honest. because um, I thought that my portable battery would uh be able to charge it and I turns out I bought the wrong portable battery by accident. Oops. <laughs> Because all so that stuff I, I, is just a nightmare to figure out. Yeah, I after I looked into it, it's like, oh, you need one of those like eighty to hundred dollar anchor batteries for that. I am not paying that for that when I have plugs, and I'm not bringing that that anywhere. So I'm just, I'm, I'm gonna get yeah. You don't need switch. yeah. That's inefficient if you can just plug into the wall easily. Oh, I didn't realize that at the time. Our couch is in a weird spot where we have a power uh, a surge protector behind it with various charge cables. Uh-huh. And Vaughn was using the switch cable for his. And, you know, usually when I'm playing switch, I would just get my portable battery and. Um, oh, that. OK. Yeah. Because um, it was just easier to get to. But now I'm going to end up picking up a. uh another switch charger and sticking it there and so you're going with the switch chargers okay that's interesting yeah. does it charge it okay without the warning prompt no I, I mean i haven't had any issues charging with a switch charger so yeah i thought it gave the warning though like you're using a slow charger and i'd rather use a charger that doesn't pop that up um vaughn have you had that message come up when using a switch charger because i don't think i have oh okay well that's good then um because that's a cheaper way to do it i was going to suggest anchor makes some good um, power delivery chargers, but they all cost more than a switch charger does. So, yeah, yeah, oh, that's the right way. So, um, Phil, you're the Shining Force fan here. Had you played the other two scenarios for Shining Force Three at all? Unfortunately, I never got to those. I love the, I love the first two, but I never got to the third one because you know, it wasn't really officially released and stuff. Yeah. Um. Well, th- well there's part been one was. 
but yeah um there's been fan translations out for years now it's just been a matter of finding an emulator that runs it worth the crap and i'm comfortable with mm -hmm. um pc emulation has gotten better with it but you know i don't really like playing console games on my pc and i, I will said that he was running it on his um tablet which was okay but it wasn't ideal and the steam deck is just the, the perfect emulation box all around it, it runs so much stuff with that's what i hear yeah so i've been using it as a glorified saturn emulator to play the other two to, to play pretty much all three scenarios all at once and man i i am so mad at sega for releasing this at the end of the saturn's lifetime and not releasing the other two in the u.s because these mm -hmm. games are so freaking awesome, and ah. just, it, it makes me sad that it's Sega's best series, and they just kind of squandered it. Mm -hmm. um, Sega's Fire Emblem, more or less, mm -hmm. but without the permadeath. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> my, my only complaint is that their attempts at 3D are kind of annoying, because it's kind of hard to see where your character placement is on the map. And I can't tell you how many times I thought I was close enough to do an attack only to find out I was a, just a hair off of the tile and a square away. Dang. But yeah, thankfully I could also do um, save states qu quite a bit. The Saturn, so the, the Saturn was not designed with 3d in mind. No. And yeah, the 3d models uh, with the characters, like when it cuts away to the fights are pretty jank. Um, Chris, I don't know if you know this, but this is also the game that gave us the line, now fear my Arctic Blast. I didn't know that, but that's great. Yeah. Yes. And, and that character is so OP, so you're going to hear that a lot. Now fear my Arctic Blast. <laughs> um, th thankfully, the voices aren't translated in uh, Scenario 2, so I'm not getting the funny, bad acting which I don't know could be a boon or a blessing depending on who you ask because the funny bad, bad acting in the first game was just made it so charming. Mm. Um, I think I'm on chapter three of scenario two right now. So you said um, that the other night when we were talking like that this ties in with the stuff that happens in scenario one because they're happening at the same time. Yep. <clears throat> so what, depending on what you do, in scenario one affects what happens in scenario two. Oh, does it even like pull from the save files and that kind of stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you cool. transfer your save file over. Um, so just as an example, well, the, the refugees that show up when you, from the train fight show up, um, there's a couple of instances where if you let somebody die, they won't show up in scenario two. And there's also a character that shows up in all three scenarios. So he gets kind of, he gets basically pushed off a bridge in scenario one and then watches up in scenario two. And then I think scenario three stars him completely. And his, his levels and stuff carry over too. All that stuff is so cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, they, they just put so much thought into th these three games. And it sucks that. Sega won't just put them, all three of them on a switch cart and just give them an HD spit shine. Yeah. I mean, as, you think you'd just be printing money. Just well, because of the translation. It. They can't just take the fan translations. Uh, they, could, they could learn a thing or two from Falk or NIS. That's a relatively um, 
abnormal way of going about it. So I I'm know. not surprised that other companies aren't jumping up and down for it. Well, yeah. there, there have been other companies that have run into problems trying to do that where, mm-hmm. you know, someone who started out in the uh, fan translation collective left and then like didn't get paid and started trying to sue. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, like that doesn't always go well. Yeah, I know. I know. Maybe, I'm maybe they're thinking. too busy with all their Yakuza and Sonic Frontiers as chaos. Also, <laughs> these maybe. games look like garbage now. They do. They're all old 3D games. Nobody wants I mean, that. On the Saturn. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's no denying that, but can, can you tolerate a crappy looking game if you're having fun? Oh, yeah. you're you're asking the core gamer question now. I don't know. <laughs> Should that be our question of the week? <laughs> it pretty, pretty much could be. Nobody answered last week. Oh, nobody cared. Yeah. It was, it was uh, if a patch affects whether or not you get back into a game or not. Yeah, has a game it, update it, ever brought you back to a game and or driven you away from a game? A patch is driving me away from a game right now. Which game? Souls Hackers 2. Oh, right. I put but, it on oh. pause. And but it's going to bring it, you back. It's going to bring me back once it's done. But it's like they're they're going to introduce some QOL stuff. So I'm like, why should I play it now and waste time with slow battles when I'm going to have faster battles here if I just hold off? So I yeah, stopped my playthrough of it. I played through the whole freaking game it. with the slow battles and the j- janky... Um, random encounters and all of that fun stuff. And I was kind of mad that they decided to put stuff in after the fact, but I'm, I'm glad people now get to enjoy the game with quality of life features that should have been in there in the first place. It it just kind of lends to my theory that the the game was very rushed out the door Mm -hmm. to get a um, SMT game within 20, what 2022 and continuing the trend of making it an annual release so well, hopefully you will find more enjoyment out of the game with the quality of life stuff though what games are you I'm enjoying been, oh go ahead i'm Sorry. enjoying it so far up until i paused it so we'll see what happens when it comes back yeah phil hasn't phil didn't like fall off the wagon on that one he he was still enjoying it and everyone's like saying oh it's gonna get better <laughs> yeah yeah, because I like good old-fashioned, you know, dungeon crawlers and stuff. I'm used to playing... Mm-hmm. To, to me, the story in it is just kind of bonus, because I'm used to playing so many of these dungeon crawlers that don't have much of a story. Strange Journey was a nice exception to that. Um, so, uh, you know, if it if it hits similar notes to Strange Journey, I'll be happy with it, but we'll, we'll see. Still has a long way to go. Only like 10 hours in or so on that. Excellent. Um, I, I know uh, Josh has been playing a Fire Emblem clone. Oh god. I've been trying to anyway. Yeah, you um, were telling me that game was pretty jank. Yeah, so I picked up Lost Eidolons, which is that very Fire Emblem inspired uh strategy RPG that was put out by I think it was a Korean indie indie uh dev studio. And it is definitely I mean it's a small small team, so you know, like I, I you know, you understand that it's not going to be necessarily perfect. And um, going in, I, I watching the uh, opening credits, I mean, there were only like 10 or 12 people <laughs> kind of listed on the staff. So it's obviously a very small team. But this is this. It's a heavily Fire Emblem inspired game that also is just kind of like taking bits from all kinds of like the best uh, strategy RPGs. But trying to get it to run, you know, like it's been a little bit of a bumpy experience. 
So, like, I got it on the first day, and I was like, oh, I'm just going to... It doesn't say anything about Steam Deck support. They they promised nothing about Steam Deck support, but I was like, you know, sometimes stuff just works on Steam Deck, so I was like, I'll just download it on there and see if it works. And so I started it up, and the game just... When you start the game, it just dumps you into immediately into a tutorial battle. And when... And so I go and I play through the tutorial battle, make it through that, and then it starts a big long cutscene after that. And so on the Steam Deck, like it was running, it didn't crash, but it wouldn't play the cutscene. <laughs> it was just a blank screen, and I could hear the voice acting, and it would pop up with a little bit of the text for the voice acting, but you couldn't, the, the screen was just blank the entire time. So I just played around with it a little bit on the Steam Deck that night, trying to get it to work and, you know, tried different settings and I just couldn't get anything to work. So last night, I'm like, OK, I'm just going to play this on my PC, give up on the Steam Deck, see if I can play it, get it to run on the on the PC. And I go through and I play like once again, I play the first tutorial battle for I don't know what it is, like the third time now I get mm-hmm. to the end of it. And it just hangs. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I'm like, this is this has not been a good start <laughs> for this game. <laughs> Premium product. Oh, the poor guys. Um, so like and, and I mean it has an autosave function. So I I think I could have uh skipped that tutorial because I think it's saved on my Steam Deck version. Mm-hmm. But by the time I played it again, it like saved over that. <laughs> and I was kind of uh, I was starting from scratch because I was just ugh. curious if anything else had gotten screwed up by playing on the Steam Deck. And so, like, once again, now I'm like, OK, now I don't have an autosave. It never gave me an option to manually save. I guess I'm going to start again from scratch and do this for the fourth time. <laughs> so I play through the little tutorial mission, finally kind of get through on the PC. And like, actually, since then, I haven't had any issues with it. I played like the first. I don't know, three hours or so. I'm in like chapter four. Um, it is a, it is a very much a Fire Emblem game that is instead of going with kind of the more anime art aesthetic, it's very much going for like a dark, low medieval kind of look and setting to it. Um, there is a surprising amount of voice acting for such a, you know, like a small studio kind of game. Like, and like most of the text is actually voice acted so far. And I mean, I think that the 3D models look pretty good. It runs fairly well most of the time. Like I've been surprised on that. Like I think the combat, especially the mechanics of the combat are really good. Like they've, they're, they're pulling in a lot of the fire emblem stuff. Like you are, as you go on in the game, you build up relationships with the other characters. You get bonuses when you have characters that have relationships together or, you know, are located next to one another on the map during the missions, very much like Fire Emblem. You know, you get those little bonuses like you always get in the Fire Emblem games. Um, and then on top of that, like they've been stealing like really good ideas, like triangle strategy. Like there's a lot of you can light like there will be sections of the map that might be a forest. And if you hit it with fire magic, it will light the forest on fire and it can do, you know, elemental damage in addition to the, uh, to the enemies that would be on that tile. 
So you, it's very much like taking from Triangle Strategy that did a lot of that stuff earlier this year. So you can really take advantage of the the, the terrain of the map itself as well when you're fighting. Um, like I just kind of like unlocked um, a, a map where I was fighting some like large enemies that were taking up a bunch of different uh, blocks that were taken, you know, like is a big giant monster and it takes up like four blocks and the monster itself has like weak points on it where you have to hit it with a certain kind of weapon in a certain area. So the whole idea is like, if you want to do really good damage, you've got to like attack this certain area with this certain type of weapon so you can break it and do lots of extra damage. Which I think was actually was like in one of weren't, weren't there a couple of bosses in the last Fire Emblem game that were like that, Kelly? Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I think so. Uh, breaking the barrier. Yes, yes. So like it's it's from a mechanic standpoint, it's stealing a lot of those ideas, like stealing in a very good way. You know, mm-hmm. taking a lot all the good ideas that you've seen in these turn-based strategy RPGs and like let's pour them into this one. Um, like I've just kind of gotten to where I've kind of like, it's going to have like a class system as well. Um, I just kind of like got to that right before I quit, quit and came to do the show. And then they're like, on top of that, you can also like equip, uh, your characters with like different weapons. So you can, you can have them with their primary weapon of like a sword or something, but you can also equip them with, uh, you know, like a bow or something like that. So there's a lot of um, th- there's some interesting depth so far in the combat system. It'll, it'll be remain to be seen like how good the map design is. So far, it's been a little straightforward and straightforward is a good way to put it. it it's it's so far just kind of been like okay, my my guys are on one side, the enemies are on the other. Work your way across the map, but I am still in the early early days for it. Um, combat, or I mean, the story is just kind of like evil empire, and we're we're a ragtag, plucky group of uh, <laughs> of rebels who are fighting the bad empire. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, how unique! Yeah, it's I mean, it's, it's a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a little grittier than than something like Fire Emblem would tend to be. A little, you know, kind of like glaze over some of the nastier stuff like i mean there was one evil lord and and like oh one of the characters just like went up and slid his throat so i'm like it's a little bit more serious and with a little bit more gravitas than you might otherwise normally get but i i don't know the story has not been blowing me away so far but the combat itself is kind of interesting enough to keep playing it a uh, question for you, because we had a huge conversation about this over in our Discord chat, which you can find at rpgamer.com forward slash Discord. Uh, we were, uh, we were, uh, there was a lot of negative Steam reviews, and those Steam reviews that were negative were pointing to the to turn limit. Did you find those to be an issue? Uh, like I said, I'm, I don't know. I'm only like three or four hours in. It has not been an, an issue at all so far. These people who left the review had all played under two hours. Uh, I noticed. I, <laughs> so like, I, I don't know how. Like, yeah, like all of the missions I've played have all had like a turn limit of like twenty, and it very it plays like Fire Emblem. Like, you get to move all of your characters, and then the enemy like comes back and attacks you. You know, like you trade back and forth in that manner. Um, but like, I haven't had a mission yet where it's taken me more than like eight or nine turns, even, and they give you twenty. 
So I don't know why that turn limit would itself be an issue. That's very strange. Because I was going to ask you about difficulty options and what uh, which one you're playing on. Okay, so I'm playing on, it, it does have, it has both difficulty options in terms of like the challenge from the combat, and then you're also able to turn on or off uh, permadeath if you want it, very much mm-hmm. like Fire Emblem. So I'm, I'm just kind of playing on normal with permadeath off, because I okay. just don't need the, the stress of permadeath right now. It would be a much more challenging game if I was playing with permadeath on. Because it makes me wonder if the people that are hard mode permadeath are having trouble with the turn op order or turn limit. Perhaps. Now that's true. Yeah, yeah. I I would imagine the strategy to be just turtle up at that Mm -hmm. point. And that's going to make the the turn limit much tougher. That's true. And it does have a, a good a good set of options for a lot of this stuff. Like there, there's the ability, of course, to like turn off all of the, you know, as you kind of, if you get tired of watching the battle animations, it even has the battle animations like fire emblem does when you, when you attack someone, you know, it does the little zoomed in mode and shows them going at one another, just like fire emblem. Um, Uh Like you can turn that off or you can turn up the speed of that. You can make it go double speed. You can also actually uh, just completely do away with the enemy side. So if you don't want to watch the enemy attack your uh, troops, you can just turn that off. Um, The, the, (laughs) <laughs> I mean, like, the only other bad thing about it is, like, a lot of... Right now, I'm in a section where a lot of stuff takes place at night. Um, like, you... Uh, after three or four chapters, I unlocked the camp. And that's kind of like the, the you know, Fire Emblem, where you can run around the school and talk to people and mm-hmm. do some little stuff. It It has that sort of feel. The problem is, is it's at night, and obviously the developers went to like the house of the dra- <laughs> house of the dragon school of nighttime lighting it is so <laughs> hard to see what the heck is going on <laughs> it was uh, you know it looks it looks so colorless I, I just look at the screenshots and some of the videos it remind me of king author's night's tale that i did a write up for and for those who I don't just, know yes he's purposefully pronouncing it king author instead of king I arthur i hate that drab washed out brown gray thing they got going on and it does look like it'd be hard to differentiate some important details there yeah I mean, bef- it, before i found out it was a fire emblem con that's what i thought that type of that uh, lost idea ones was and i'd kind of written it off and then just said fire emblem con I'm like wait what well well fire emblem you just associate so much with the anime art style as well mm-hmm. and this does not have that no but the combat and the mechanics are very much Fire Emblem. So it kind of depends, like, how do you, you know, like, what what are you valuing there? <laughs> and, oh, go ahead. You're talking about being able to adjust, like, the speed and which combats you get to see. And, man, I am missing that in Shining Force. The only <laughs> thing I can do is speed it up, and that's only with the emulation. Yeah, you can at least go double speed on the emulation, but otherwise, yeah, you can't yeah. really, yeah. It's usually, when it, when it, in a Fire Emblem game, I'll do, like, the first couple of chapters with the animations on just because I want to see the pretty character models. And then once I get down to, like, wanting to get through the story, it's like, okay, all that shit's turning off. I just want to get through the battles as fast as humanly possible. 
Yeah, the the developers do seem to be very responsive. Like I, I, I saw about the people complaining about the turn limits. They've already kind of said that they're kind of thinking about putting in putting in a mode that does something about the turn limits. And uh, I think the other big complaint about it was like really small text, mm-hmm. which it is kind of on the small side. Um, it's fine when I was playing it on the PC. It was pretty tiny on the Steam Deck. But they, they were also talking about trying to do something about that and some updates. Good. Good. That that drives that would drive me crazy having the small text. Yeah, it's it was fine. It's one of those things like playing it on the on on my PC monitor where I'm sitting like a foot from it, it's perfectly fine. I imagine it would be awful if you were playing it like on a TV or something like that at a more normal distance. It would just be atrocious. Yeah. I think that I, that's got to be a big part of why small text is such a problem in, in video games, because so many people who are developing the games and testing it are doing it on, you know, they're doing it on a computer screen where they're sitting like a foot from it. <laughs> so it looks fine and nobody's actually playing it, you know, on a couch, you know, eight, ten feet apart from the TV. You'd think that at least one person would, whose job would be to uh, just pl- plug a dev unit into a TV on a couch and just check that stuff. <laughs> you, you would hope enough people would just learn, like, can, can we just put in, you know, like, start from the beginning, put in some size options for the font. <laughs> yeah. I know yeah, it's probably it's di- just too hard. I, we yeah. can't do that. No. <laughs> I mean, some companies even have trouble putting in subtitles, Chris, which is a totally ableist thing. So text size on top of that, that's just asking too much. We can't even get the game shipped, Kelly. You expect us to put subtitles in? Come on. I'm surprised you're saying, first you want subtitles. Now you want to be able to read subtitles. You're just entitled. (laughs) No, I'm subtitled. I'm subentitled. There's a show title for you. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, overall, for like a you know kind of like a smaller indie effort on of making a Fire Emblem game, like they they've I think they've done a decent job with the mechanics part of it. Like yeah, that it, part, I'm in, I'm enjoying enough to certainly keep going, even if the story is a little like eh, this is this is fine. <laughs> um, what the game cost you? Uh, I think it's thirty five bucks. Okay, that's not bad for a little indie game. Yeah, it's it's not horrifically expensive. That that that's was part of the decision. It's like, okay, this is in the the realm where I can kind of take a flyer on it. Cool. Well, I'll have to wish list wish list it and see if it goes on sale. It and, it would uh, make a it would I tell you what it would make if they can get you know like some patching done and get it to work well on Steam Deck. That would be a really good fit on the Steam Deck because the combat. I mean, the combat worked on the Steam Deck. It's just none of the cutscenes would play on it, <laughs> which is kind of a problem. <laughs> yeah, I I remember having that same issue with uh, I think it was Y on my laptop. Mm. Things. Yeah, some of those Falcom games have weird programming issues. Yeah, I've, I haven't even tried to run those on uh, Steam Deck yet. I I try to I think the second one maybe worked, but the first one didn't. There was something weird like that, uh-huh. where where you would think it you would think it would be the opposite because the first one's so much of an older game, but there mm-hmm. yeah it just like absolutely wouldn't work. <laughs> Have you been playing Trails to Azure on your Steam Deck? 
I have not. I've I've actually just been playing that mostly on PC. Um, oh. I have gotten that all the way. I am up to the very final chapter, so I've gotten. Oh. I, I have seen all kinds of stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah, kind of hard to talk about. <laughs> yeah, it is like. You know, like, Chris, you were talking about playing them in the right order. Man, I it's one of those things, like, there wasn't anything anybody could have done. You know, we, we were just, you know, like, it, it was the way... Those games came out in the West in the order that they had to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I do lament the fact that we didn't get to play Crossbell. Mm-hmm. Because the way that the story is told in Crossbell it's weird it's after playing this i have a better understanding like some of the problems i had with cold steel and some of the characters motivations and the things that were going on in it like make more sense after playing the two crossbell games and there are some things that they i i feel like falcon probably left out of mentioning in the cold steel games especially by the time they got to making three and four that came afterwards they already knew, like, okay, these games are coming out. You know, the first games are coming out in wet in the West, and Crossbell are not going to come out anytime soon in the West. So they, it feels like they tried to write around the events that a lot of the events that happened in Crossbell. But it does, it it still kind of expects you to understand that in terms of like what the different characters and people's motivations are. And thus, like some of them in Cold Steel just didn't quite work for me. And now I'm like understanding like why, if I can leave this as vague as possible, you know, like why some of the characters were doing what they were doing. Uh Why you do this? I I don't think it helped that there were so many characters to keep track of in those last two chapters that I felt, felt very overwhelmed. Yeah, and and I think part of it is that I think uh, the Crossbell games, you know, like coming right off of the Trails in the Sky games, like those games all tie together directly. Like the Crossbell games very much expect you to have played the Trails in the Sky games. They're they're not spending a bunch of time catching you up on stuff. Whereas the Cold Steel games like a lot of that stuff it almost felt like okay we're going to ride around the stuff the the events that happened in in Crossbell but we're going to have almost like some fan service oh look at this character you don't know this <laughs> if you're in the west you don't know this character but look at this character aren't you excited I'm like um no <laughs> yeah because I, I remember in, in Cold Steel 4, them showing a computer and then dropping down, and I think it showed the uh, kid that I just ran into last night. Uh, Yona. On, Yona, yeah, Yona. And the game making a huge deal out of it. I'm like, I have no idea who this kid is. And then the last night, I finally re- realized, like, oh, that's why that was a big deal, because this kid is like a major tax <laughs> <laughs> Um, and there was a lot of moments in that game like that. I was just like, am I supposed to be excited for this character? Yeah. Oh, I guess I am. Okay. <laughs> there was a lot of that in the Cold Steel, especially for. Yeah. It works a little bit better if it, you play them in the right order. It's it's mm. still going to have problems, but. And I'm checking. I checked just then. They don't even have a really definitive release date for uh, Azure yet either. They don't, but it should be next year. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't think there's going to be any problem with that. I mean, like, like I said, the translation was 
essentially been done by because of the they you know bought the fan translation yeah first quarter i would hope yeah i would think so maybe second quarter yeah i I would think like first quarter or early second quarter would be unreasonable and then they're still supposed to get out the uh um oh crap um the other couple of trails games they've got on deck next year too yeah the the weird zwei one and then trails to black yeah. Is, is Trails into Reverie the weird Zwei one? Yes. Oh, wait, no, that's Nayuta. Nayuta is the weird Zwei one, yeah. Which one is Trails to Reverie? That, that, yeah, that's that's the other one coming out. That's the Hajimari. That's the one that goes in between. Oh. Uh, the, the, the one that goes in between Cold Steel and Calvert. Okay. And Calvert is black? Yes. Okay. <laughs> God, that, that still hasn't been announced for the West yet. <laughs> yeah, too many. And, and yet they're they're releasing. They're, they've got screenshots out for like what Black Two. Yes. There. That just came out in Japan <laughs> like a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Oh, so the sequel to Black is already out in Japan. Correct. Yes. Okay. Gosh. <laughs> well, at least we'll never be bored. Or. <laughs> We'll always we got, have a trails game to wait for. That's right. And they do. I feel like they do well enough here that they don't have no problem bringing them out now. No, like at least we don't really have to worry about that anymore. Like I would. I. I mean, even Nayuta is coming out, and I never would have thought that would that would get a release over here. But you know. Yeah, that's crazy too. I I very nearly uh, played the fan translation of that because you said it was a Zwei clone. It combat-wise is. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see how that works on the PS4. That's going to be an interesting kind of upscale coming from PSP to you know modern consoles because that was very much a product. I really love that game, but you know, like it, it has it's going to be a product of being on the PSP. Yeah, I was about to say they pulled it off with zero, but you you said that that was a that that's actually based off of the PC version. Uh, no, no, no. Like, I mean, originally Trails from Zero was developed solely for the PSP. Okay. And then they did higher res stuff for later releases. Okay, gotcha. But I mean, you know, like, the difference being is that Nayuta is like an action RPG as opposed right. to uh, uh, the other Trails games being a turn-based game. So I don't know how an, a PSP action RPG is going to, how that's going to feel on a PS5. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, uh, Zwei felt pretty jank on I, PC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like the combat in Nayuta was really, I, you know, once again, grading on a curve for the PSP, but it was really tight and really enjoyable. It even gave, gave you a hand, hand cramp with the little uh, dubbing. <laughs> I, I don't remember having any problems with hand cramps with a nubbin. <laughs> God, I tried. Maybe to play I played Monster, it on Vita. I don't remember. Trying to play Monster Hunter for the first time for the first time. A oh while gosh, back. doing the claw. Don't, don't Ooh, do the it. Claw. Don't the claw. Then you'll end up having to have surgery like Chris. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why Monster Hunter killed me. It was Monster Hunter that did it. Fear the claw. Respect the claw. But that's all I've been playing. So Whew, that's um, a lot. We went over an hour yeah. with just now playing. Oh my god! Oh, it's because what are we very... gonna do with all this news? 
very slow news week, and, and we didn't have any feedback. Oh, all right. Um, to feedback this week. Have I, have we ever asked if a game's ever given you an injury, or was that when I messed up my shoulder playing VR? Probably. That sounds somewhat familiar, but we could ask it again. Yeah. Um, sounds good to have, me. Yeah. Sorry, I got distracted. Um. Yeah, has a has a game ever given you an injury, like the claw for the PSP, or you know, just really straining the crap out of your hands? Um, Mario God, Party, I, I... <laughs> the tur- twisting the 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 analog stick on the N sixty four controller with your palm. God, I remember the end of Metroid Prime having Ooh. to hold the lockdown button on a. I, it, you know, it probably didn't help it was a jank third-party controller, but trying to jump around and hold the lockdown button and shoot at things and stuff, I messed up my trigger finger pretty bad. <laughs> my, my sister was dating a chiropractor at the time, and I was like, hey, hey, could you fix this for me? And <laughs> Dad was like, he's paid to do that. Don't do that. And boyfriend just kind of pulled my finger, and it worked again. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah. So. So yeah, has, has a game ever my injured you in some <laughs> way? Um, leave a, leave a comment on the show thread at rpgamer.com. We will read your answers on the show. Um, you could even answer last week's if you want. Has uh, has a patch ever affected your enjoyment of a game? In the meantime, we've got news. I feel like people should be writing like pages about cyberpunk on that question. <laughs> I'm, I you I thought we was gonna get it a, a cyberpunk essay and nothing, nothing, nothing. So our audience is ambivalent to patches. It seems no, they just <laughs> they dead to them. I guess they just we've yeah. moved on. We don't want to talk about them. We don't want to think about them. Um. So first news story: Sea uh, Horizon is fully launching on Steam next week. Um. This has been early in early access since May, and it is a turn-based roguelike survival deck-building pirate RPG. <laughs> you just said a bunch of words, Kelly. I mean, that's what the story says. <laughs> turn-based RPG features roguelike survival and deck-building elements. I don't believe you. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of games using those words nowadays. Yep. Game design just, via Boggle. Just a bit. <laughs> Wordle. <laughs> um, and and yeah, you're a, a boat, and the dice you're, you play as a boat. I, I think you're a ship captain, actually. Yeah. But dice bakes mechanics determine your resources and all that fun stuff. So, yeah, uh, comes out on October twentieth, so you can check that it out. It really does have all these keywords in it. I'm looking through the trailer. Yep. Yep. That's in there. That's in there. That's they're all in there. <laughs> it's come out for everything. What next We've year? We've got for a fast future launching in November. Um, it's going to be available for PC via Steam. It is a war game. Um, has an active time battle system, turn based combat, and looks very old school. Okay. Um, it kind of looks like a. Uh, Game Boy Color game with some of advanced graphics and the turn-based combat kind of looks very Earthbound. So, um, it's, it's a short game too. The story says it's supposed to take around six to eight hours to finish. So, 
that's an interesting game that you can check out on Steam in no- on November 1st. We've got uh, Relayer Advanced announced and hitting the PC this month. This is the kind of the um, Super Robot Wars clone. Yeah, the one from Katakawa. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's Super Robot Wars, but it's it's a original property, so it doesn't have any other you know like uh, mm-hmm. anime in it like Super Robot Wars does. Yeah, so um, it's set to release on Steam on October 26th um, and on GOG on November 10th. And then I guess the advanced version is going to be available as a free update for the existing PS4 and 5 versions. I didn't realize that this was also on PlayStation. Yeah, yeah, it Um, already came out on PlayStation earlier this year. So so a bunch of the UI updates that are are getting put into the PC version are going to get back patched to the PlayStation version. Okay, I see. So it's replacing grids with luminous lines to show the battlefield positioning and ranges. That sounds like the exact issue I was complaining about with Shining Force, where you can't see where you're supposed to be. Um, also, no problem. Game. Yeah, a little bit with 3D Tactics games. Um, it's also got new in-game content in the form of a five-stage wormhole mission uh, that can be accessed after clearing the story. And yeah, giant robots. Oh, you're right. It did come out for PlayStation on March 24th. If it's uh, coming to Steam, we'll have to get the anime man to tell us about it. Yeah. Um, we've got RPG developer Bakken, including a sample game and asset tutorial. What is this one now? I, I can't get over the name. They they titled their di- RPG maker game. or RPG, their RPG developer. Development studio Bakken. Why Bakken? Why, Why? Bakken? Bakken? Does it stand Bakken? for something? Back in back in action, we are back in this one because we don't want to do RPG Maker. I like. Also, why call your thing RPG Developer? Just to be more confusing. Like, <laughs> don't you want to distinguish yourself more from RPG Maker? Like, I mean, at this rate, just to say you're better RPG Maker. <laughs> RPG Maker Plus. This Backen. looks like it's kind of using a lot of the 3D HD clone. Engine. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, just looking at the screenshots, and, and yeah, the battle is right out, or the battles look like right out of uh, Octopath. Um, it's going to release on Steam early access on October seventeenth, and priced at seventy dollars. Um, and also plan they pl- also plan on adding uh, features and tools during the early access period. Oh boy. Um, we've got three more Atelier Rise of Three allies introduced. Oh boy! Um, returning support character Boz Brennan among the eleven characters able to recruit. Oh, really? Okay, I know him. Um, <laughs> the, the first is Frederica Lamberti, who's the deputy head of the crafting union. Um, the second character is Deanne Farrell, a young boy Riza meets in the village of Fire. And then the third person, oh, wait, no, that's just the third entry in the uh, sub-series. I still need to play the first two games. I like the first one. Um, I fell off of the second one. I hear other people didn't like the second one as much either. Um, but yeah. Uh, I've, help me, I forgot, is Ryza the kid of Rorona? No, it's unrelated. Okay. No. Oh, okay. My bad. Um. Oh, the, the, here's exciting news. We get a new Z-Boyd game coming what? out. What? They still make games? This Way Madness is launching next month. 
Um, it combines what? magical girls and Shakespeare. <laughs> I like this concept. And, <laughs> go around here. And there, there's a typo on the story. Yeah, I'm going to fix it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry. It comes out on November 10th for 10 bucks, and it features the Stratford-upon-Avon High Drama Society. Um, its members attend school and put on plays, and the group also teleport to alternate worlds based on Shakespeare's plays to save them from the forces of the nightmare. Beautiful. It's, um, it so, is a, it's so cute looking. It is a short turn-based RPG around four to five hours. And the battles, by the way, look straight out of Shining Force. Sorry, I know I've had that on the brain, but that whole character on the right kind of back turned there, that that's just straight up Shining Force. So, uh, yeah, I'm... I, I mean, they are heavily influenced one. by classic games, so I'm not surprised yeah. by that. Yeah. No, I'm not surprised either. Uh, Cosmic Star Heroin was basically Chrono Trigger. Look at this cool layout for their battles. I really like this. Like the four portraits in the corner and the text box for all the battle stuff. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're good at this. Um, we are doing our second Z-Boyd Games uh, backtrack at the very end of the year with Cthulhu Saves the World and Cthulhu Saves Christmas. So it's only ten dollars for this game, and it's coming out in like a month. Mm-hmm. Did it say what system? Just Steam, Steam? just PC for yeah. now. Okay. Oh wow, we have two well, titles least... in this story. Goodness, I, I'm sure it'll be Steam Deck compatible. I can't imagine this pushing a lot of polygons. On the deck. Oh, I would think so. So, yeah, I'm, I might buy that day one, even though I've, I've you should got play, play this, through. Phil. I think your your chat would like it. Oh no, no, <laughs> no. no, it's it's a PC RPG. I'm sure it it's is, also but... a JRPG, and you got magical girls and Shakespeare. Come on, no, no, no. There's so many things wrong with that picture. No, the only thing wrong with it is you not playing it. Yeah, probably no. <laughs> Um, we've got more Pokemon Scarlet news, including Iono, the Electric Gym Leader, and Belly Bolt. So, Iono, is that how you say your name? Iono? Iono? Yeah, I, I, that's how I would pronounce it. Um, she's basically a streamer, a, a very popular streamer, and has Magnemite hair clips. And her partner Pokemon is a ele- electric frog named Bellybolt that uses its elastated body to produce electricity. Bellybolt its- is an electric Pokemon with an electric thing on its belly. Because yeah, we're good at naming bet. things. So, kind of a cute little frog. And it, um, like when just- it charges up, it looks like, um, what do you call that? Uh, uh, um... The way that madness lies. The way madness lies. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, static. Um, electricity. Sunshine. Ball. Toy. Sunshine? Um, a plasma ball. It looks like. Oh yeah, one yeah. of those. Yeah. Static electricity bowls or ball globes or plasma balls or whatever you call them. Yeah. It looks like that when it charges up. Anyway. Have you ever seen a cat stick their paw on one of those? No, how does that go? It looks very cute. I'm going to send you an image. Thank you. In the Discord. It's basically electric paw. Anyway, um, we got more Star Ocean news. Uh, new party member, item creation, which is a staple of the Star Ocean series. Um, the party member is a merchant. Does 
not look as cool as uh, steampunk grandpa, but I digress. <laughs> and yeah, um, our, the article just goes into all of the different um, item creation yeah. things. Yeah, yeah. I, I've played like three of the Star Ocean games. I don't remember Welsh. I, I don't I don't doubt that this is a returning character, but I don't. <laughs> this is definitely not like Anna, where I, I, I absolutely remember, you know, that sort of returning character. Yeah, I am vaguely remembering a character named Welch, but it's also been a while since I played the first two. You're the only two I even remember. So you you blocked out the bad memories of the others. Yeah, just a bit. Well, I, I t- take that back. Uh, the f- the third one on the PS2 I just found to be forgettable, and then the fourth one I repressed memories of. So, so hey, you can read about that. Didn't you watch the eight minute long video? Very long video. <laughs> there was not much news this morning. No, not much. Um, I, sh- I should have put this at the top just because of the drama. Uh, was any of you excited about playing Final Fantasy VII, the first soldier on your mobile device? Ooh, that, that was a thing. <laughs> that was, yeah. um, it, this is, uh, was this the one that's a summary of all the Final Fantasy VII games? No, this is oh. the the battle royale. Oh, you no, no, I don't want to play that. Ew. <laughs> well, good news, Chris. It's shutting down on January eleventh, twenty twenty three. I win. Rest in peace. <laughs> I'm confused. How is it dead already? They just released it. Don't you? Because it's a Square Enix mobile game. Don't you people have phones? Yes. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> but the the funny thing is that they were trying to chase that Fortnite gold but fortnite is on every console and device imaginable and they just did this on phones and i did somebody's cat dropped something yeah, it sounded like yeah, it yeah. right yeah <laughs> okay <sighs> all right well i guess that's it for that game <laughs> yeah yeah i'm i'm not surprised i'm not surprised either i'm surprised they gave up on it so quickly though like we don't even care to try. Like, no, all right, we're done. It was out for yes. a month. We're done. Servers cost money, Chris. <sighs> um, we've also got a PAX Unplugged 2022 badge giveaway going Ooh, on right now. Giveaway! How do you enter? So, let me see. How many are we giving away? I'm not seeing that in the news story are we just giving away the one one? badge probably just the one right oh to give away five three-day attendee badges so we're giving away five of them for pax unplugged in philadelphia each winner will receive one three-day badge for the event valued at 78 dollars does not include traveler accommodation badge is non-transferable um and you also need to agree and follow the event's health and safety guidelines, which I assume includes either some sort of vaccine and or proof of vaccination. Check the guidelines yourself before um entering the contest and you know potentially being unable to go if you don't want to do those things. So hey, go ahead. There's only sixteen entries, so you have a You've good got chance a really good chance. <laughs> yeah, come to the site, go to the there's a Gleam widget. Um I know, but Gleam makes it easy to do the, the contest, so Go ahead and do that. Register through Gleam. You need to be a U.S. resident, age 18 or over, to win. And after the contest closes this Monday, so you only got a couple days left at this point, um, we will send an email to the winner. Winners. Excuse me. 
Woohoo. That is all the news. That, that wasn't a lot of news. Oh, yeah, no, that wasn't. <laughs> um, do we want to go into the Bayonetta thing? Sure, why not? So the vo- the original voice actors for Bayonetta, um, Helena Taylor, put out a video this morning saying that she was only offered $4,000 to voice the character of Bayonetta in the <laughs> third game. That's um, not. That doesn't seem like a lot to me. That is like chump change in the voice actors actress industry, and that explains why they went with Jennifer Hale, and people were upset that they kind of that they changed it on them, right? That, yeah. Not only that they changed it, but they kind of offered her pennies when she's the main character. Um, she's calling for people to boycott the game. Uh, I don't know how I f- feel about that. I don't know if uh, she should boycott the game, but she should definitely. Yeah, I don't th- no. Why, like, why not just say no? I mean, that's what I would do if somebody offers me to do something but pays me pennies. I just say no. She did no, say thanks. no. She did say oh, yeah. no. Yeah. Leave it at yeah. that. Yeah, and but she's making it public that they there's something wonky going on here where somebody who's been doing the game for years and well-respected character is not being offered a fair wage compared to somebody who hasn't been doing this game voice acting job for years. Cuz like the presumption here fills that Jennifer Hale's getting paid much more than this. And so yeah. the question is, why is this lady not getting paid a, a competitive wage? And the, yeah, the scuttlebutt is that they they think that Platinum didn't want to work with her anymore, but contractually they still had to offer her the role first. Well, I mean, Hence, if that's the case, that's a whole other discussion than unfairly, you know, offering low low ball offers to people. So, but. Unfortunately, we're not going to know the truth of that, are we? I mean, I, I'm I'm certainly not defending Platinum for this. I, I think that's ridiculous that they... Companies generally do stuff for logical yet self-serving reasons. That's generally how companies operate. And, I mean, it is kind of what it is. We don't, we'll never know the full story. But as I kind of point out to people, like, I do the same thing when I buy stuff. I... I will sometimes buy stuff, and it's weird reasons why I'll pick this over this. Sometimes it's personal. Sometimes it's just a company pissed me off, and I won't buy their stuff anymore. Yeah. You know, it wasn't anything personal, but it we're was just, personal. Right now, we're a little like, sensitive to the potential of something not right going on here. And yeah. it'd be nice if we had more info, though. It's really hard. I guess we should probably withhold judgment without the facts, right? But. That- yeah, Maybe somebody who does have the facts who can look into it on our stead. Yeah, <laughs> I've, I've seen way too much of the, you know, assume there's something sinister going on, and then it turns out at the end of the day there wasn't. So until I see something that I, I would just withhold judgment, like you said, I think it's kind of a wise course to go with. Mm. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, Platinum can hire anybody they want to do voices. It's just a matter of we're in an industry where we treat our voice actors like crap. And this is a, just another case of it. And it, it's also why voices change because um, a lots of actors in the U.S. are unionized. Though I don't know if she's from the U.S. or not. But yeah, it, it's just kind of a sucky situation. And it's, it sucks that they treat, treated her like that. But we, we don't know. We yeah. don't I mean, know. Let, to be fair... And I don't know if this is true. I just want to offer one potential alternate explanation at the risk of sounding like somebody who's sucking up and doesn't and defending Nintendo unjustly. But here it is. Maybe she's a pain to work with. 
that's yeah. also been the scope. Don't know, though. I don't yeah, know. Don't it, know. Maybe she's not, and this is truly unfair in their part. <laughs> I mean, I've worked at a company where, you know, I worked my ass off for promotion, and, and, and then they gave it to somebody else mm-hmm. who clearly had less experience and stuff just because, you know, the boss liked him more. And it was just kissing up and stuff that I didn't do a good enough job of, I suppose. Yeah, I, I um, think it's a little different in the acting industry, yeah. Phil. Like, like no, but the, I'm just saying, I'm just offers, using that as an example yeah. of an unfair promotion. Mm-hmm. That I agree. Like, this is definitely, trust me, my wife knows how frustrated I was, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, I worked my ass off. We're talking like years of blood, sweat, and tears. Yep. I mean, it, it changed me for life. And the only thing I you can do is attitude. leave and go somewhere else, and that sucks. Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. it sucks. Yeah. yeah. So I get, I get the other side, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I've been in the same boat, um, and yeah, it, it sucks. It, I don't know why this whole situation is making me think of the David Hader, uh, Kiefer Sutherland controversy uh, with Metal Gear Five. That Kojima just likes Kiefer Sutherland. We just have to accept it. Like he really <laughs> wanted to work with Kiefer, and he got his wish. But I, I guess for that's me, all he wanted, <laughs> you know, and, and my wife's been through some things as well. It's just we never we have never gone public with our frustrations with our companies. We've never felt it, it like we know that they were doing some stuff that's wrong. But company's going to company yes. and us. Also, just, but here's the thing, Phil. Nobody cares about your frustrations with companies because you're not an actor. Yeah, but even <laughs> it would be people, a little different if you were in a we different live position. In a society where it doesn't matter who you are, you're posting your frustrations on Twitter. Or most people are posting their frustrations on Twitter about you know their yes. nachos that they had for breakfast. You know, like yeah. so we live in that culture. But I refuse to personally engage in that because it's uh, uh, yeah, it's not it's not my place. I, I don't I don't feel that it is. I'll I'll vent about it to my friends here and there, but that's about it. Um, I think. Well, you know, I don't want to speak for this. I would love someone with more experience in the voice acting industry who can say whether or not there is a trend of discrimination against certain people or certain, whether it's women or something. It's hard to say it's women because Jennifer Hale is also a woman. So I don't know what's going on here. So is there something more sinister here or not? Is there a trend we don't know about? Because otherwise, yeah, it just kind of sounds like the analogs Phil's are making sound at least reasonable. But we'll see if people have more info. I mean, my tinfoil hat theory has always been companies don't want to pay the union rates for uh, actors. Yeah, but it ain't like Jennifer Hale ain't union. I honestly don't know. It's been too many things. (laughs) The company I've worked for, one of the companies I worked for was multi-state, and they hated uh, buying any locations that were in a unionized state because it was such a much, much bigger ball of wax to deal with, not to mention, of course, more expensive. Yeah. Chris, that was why they uh, got it. They didn't even get a sound alike for Tales of, for um, Yuri and Tales of Vesperia when they added a new voice lines because they didn't want to have to pay Troy Baker more money. <laughs> yes, it would cost money. How dare he want money <laughs> for work? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just I, I get annoyed with the stuff in the in the voice actor industry and the game industry, and that's all. And that's the only reason why I wanted to bring I up. Bet you Maybe they we'll both get- suck. <laughs> I bet you some voice actors suck, some companies suck, some suck to work with, and sometimes the agreements they work without e- with each other just suck. <laughs> Everything sucks. <laughs> Everyone's the asshole here. <laughs> More or less. I've I have been bendering way too much. Am I the asshole? On, uh, yeah, you YouTube. have. You gotta stop watching that. Uh, totally 
related but totally on a tangent, there was a book uh, that recently came out a couple months ago called Slaying the Dragon mm-hmm. about TSR, which made the original pen and paper Dungeons and Dragons, which later got taken over by Wizards of the Coast. Mm-hmm. But uh, and and how they did such a poor job of managing the talent under under their roof. Uh, and as some of these names became big, like, you know, Tracy Hickman and the such, um, and, uh, you know, R.A. Salvatore, they they were worth more and more money. But the company failed to recognize that, you know, and up, you know, up how much they were paying them. So eventually, like Margaret Reese and, and Tracy Hickman got a better offer from another publisher. And so they left. And and it was this was just one of a example of a systemic issue that was going on in that company. And it ended up being one of the reasons why they they had so many problems and eventually went bankrupt. But it's a very, very interesting book, Slaying the Dragon, uh, compiled after uh, Ben Ben Riggs, the author, uh, compiled all kinds of interviews and notes and everything he could get his hands on to put together this narrative. And I found it extremely fascinating. It's kind of like a little peek behind some of that corporate veil. And some of that mismanagement that can go on and actually ruin a company in the long run. Nice. Where can people find that book? Wherever yeah, books I, are I got sold. an Audible myself for a token. <laughs> All right. Well spent token. <laughs> Audible.com. But you can also get on like Amazon, I'm sure, for your Kindle. It's called Sling the Dragon by Ben Riggs. I was just like to focus on like Margaret Weiss. She wrote uh, Deathgate Cycle, which is a series I've been trying to get into. Oh, yeah, very D and D. Can you can you let me know if you do get into it, and I I'll see if I can't pop into it at the same time. Be yeah, like I've read the f- I read the first book. I have not had time to read any of the others. Just like seven books in the series. What's it called? Um, the Deathgate Cycle. Deathgate. But, cycle. Um, where is that first book? That not Firesea. I think the first book is called Earthsea, and yeah, or no. You know what? We'll talk about this offline. Yeah. It's been a hot minute since I've read the, that, that first book. As long as it's got Audible, and I think it does, I will I will reach out to you after I listen to the first book, so I'm caught up with yeah. you. Uh, cause, oh, uh, it's not out? Yeah, it's on pre-order. Oh, they're I doing audiobook. They're, they're, they're working on converting it. It's supposed to come out February 7th. Oh, cool. 2023. But yeah, it, it's got elves and dwarves and like different elemental planes and there's an overarching plot about a dude escaping from a labyrinth and very D&D inspired stuff so I'm not surprised that Margaret Weiss uh, worked for D&D at some point. Oh, that's where they got their start. It's a phenomenal story. You should check out this lane. That's where they got in and how they got into the industry and and TSR started publishing and one of the, they would play Dungeons Dragons and they had this, uh, they were the ones who came up with uh, Strahd, that whole uh, oh, that, that plane that escapes me at the moment. Um, the Strahd's Ravenloft, Ravenloft setting. And oh. they would play it every year. It was like an annual Halloween tradition. And so, you know, coming into TSR and they had this ability to make it into a, a paid product. That's what they did. And it's it was the best selling product ever. End up launching this whole line of products of different plane settings that would be released as box sets and everything else. TSR would go to this well over and over and over again to pay its bills. But... Uh, but nothing ever exceeded what Ravenloft did. And to this day, of course, Wizards of Coats own the rights to that now. Um, every time they do a new system of Dungeons and Dragons and they release Ravenloft again, including 5th edition, it's the one that sells the best. And it's generally the one that's reviewed, reviews the best as well. Uh, if you play one, if you get to play only one 5th edition module, and I really want to run this even if I do it in Pathfinder, um, it's Ravenloft, which comes right from them. So 
Now and, I, I bought a whole bunch of her books. And I take it she doesn't get any royalties when D and D puts that out. I don't think she. Yeah, I don't think that they don't. I I, I don't think that they do. However, uh, there was a big falling out uh, a couple of years ago because Wizards of the Coast reached out to them to start doing a new line of of books because the the thing was the fans weren't going to even though they own the rights to it the fans really weren't going to accept if you took all those characters and stuff and had somebody else write it. Mm-hmm. So you know the the uh, Wizards of Coast can can have their you know can have it without Tracy and Tracy can't uh, Tracy and Margaret and they can't write it without Wizards of the Coast permission um, to make the money. So they came together, they had a deal, and then there was a big blow up. There was a lawsuit announced and everything else, and it's one of those things that we never will know the details on because everyone had their th- you know their 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 theories, um, but then eventually they settled. And and Margaret Weiss came on Twitter and was just like, it's great. We're back on track. We're going to be publishing these books. It's all golden. Thumbs up. And I just know we're going to get some cool new books. So fans are pretty much happy now. So whatever deal they worked out seems to be something that's agreeable to both parties. The lawyers are happy. And the lawyer and the lawyers are the ones who are really making it. Yeah. And, and I'm sure R.A. Salvatore is getting his due, too, given that they – trot out dritz uh any chance they get yeah they had the tsr handled him really poorly you find out in that book uh and he did a lot of those books with dritz and how the whole story of how dritz even came up was super fascinating to me um <laughs> but yeah he eventually as you know he left and but then now he's back and printing out more books and ever and people are just printing make, making money and being happy so but I, I kind of hey. feel like it's one of those things too where i don't know if too many ra salvatore books outside of dritz that people talk about a lot. So it's kind of no. like they need each other, right? R.A. Salvatore can't do much awesome stuff without them. And Wizards of the Coast needs him to write the books. I think in Margaret Reese and Tracy Hickman, they've at least had success outside of the core Dungeon Dragon characters that they had made him that are very famous today. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if they hit the, the same heights of success, but they have been successful uh, publishing other stories for other companies. That's why they left. <laughs> I just remembered R.A. Salvatore uh, was the main writer on that Kingdoms of Amalur game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, yeah, that's true. And that was not great. <laughs> and wasn't Todd McFarlane also involved in that somehow? Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 It should have been a home run, at least on paper. But you're right. I Yeah, I, I can never get to. I like the combat in it. But the combat only takes me uh, so far. I like the fact that once you start getting bored of the combat, you can switch weapons really easily and respec. But again, that only got me so, so far. I wanted to see the the original setup of of the plot, the premise, seemed very fascinating. But unfortunately, the the world wasn't very interesting. And the side quests were on the quality and level of MMOs. And that is to say pretty damn boring. Um, and, And it just felt like a big empty world at the end of the day. Lifeless world. And so, yeah. I, I didn't get through it. I I have that on PSN, and one of these days I want to play it and do a backtrack on it because that <laughs> that's one of those games that the story around it is more interesting than the game. Right, right. Well, not you know, definitely ping me if you're going to do those. I I, I okay. played it twice, so just never get through it every time I attempt it. But I keep going back to the well. Oh, short short list, short list. We got we got so many backtrack ideas next year. But um, do we want to get it? Or Chris, do you want to tell us what's coming out? Yes. Here's what's coming out this week. Number one, we got Potionomics hitting PC. 
Do you want to make some potions? We've got Destiny's Sword on PC. We have The Valiant on PC. We have Mario plus Rabbids Sparks of Hope, the anticipated sequel to Mario and Rabbids. Come into Switch. We have Batora Lost Haven for PC, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, and Series SX. Sea Horizon comes out for PC and Switch. Gotham Knights comes out for PC, PS5, and Xbox Series X and S. Is that a Batman game? Yeah, that's that open world one, and they made an announcement this week that the console versions are locked at 30 frames a second. So they're pushing it pretty hard. Is that going to be um, an RPG, though? Uh, yeah, One yeah. of those where they claim it is, yeah. Oh. Cool. I should really play all the Gotham games at some point. Sure. I guess in this one, Batman's dead or something. Or disabled? I don't know. This one Must isn't made by Rocksteady. It's made by one of the other WB developers. WB Montreal. Oh. I, think. Yeah. I don't know if that's good or bad. Well, we'll get reviews this week, probably. So we'll find out. And then finally, Persona 5 Royal hits PC, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series S, X, and Switch. And Game Pass. And Game Pass. Wow. All the po- the Royal... Wait. Royal was already on PS5. Oh, it was PS4, wasn't it? Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. If only we had some sort of feature to help people know where to start with Persona games. Do we have one of those, Phil? You know, I, I, I think I think we do, Chris. <gasps> in, in fact, I think we even have a video feature on no. this over at YouTube.com forward slash RP Gamer. Nice. Yeah, come check it out. If you don't know where to start with the Persona series and you're thinking about dipping your toe into it now that's coming out on every platform, no demand then head on over to youtube.com forward slash RP Gamer, where we have a nice, I think it's a little under 10-minute video uh, where we kind of go over all those games. It's also up on our website, rpgamer.com, so you can choose if you want to read it or you want to listen to it with the videos, you know, playing there for you. But it's put together by our great new video team, Her Frog and Woody. So, very cool. Thank you to those two. That's all I got for new releases, Kelly. What are you going to play this week? We've got uh, um, oh, right. editorials. Okay, let's do those. Um, we got a Valkyrie Elysium uh, review from Paul Scarelli. I'm curi- been very curious about this game. He gives it a 3.5 out of 5. Dazzling fluid combat, a gorgeous soundtrack, and clever use of the Inheriar ally system. Um, the negatives are short on plot, if not length, graphical inconsistency, and empty environments. Now, I don't know. Maybe check out the demo on that one. All right. <laughs> um, we've got a Sunday Gold review from Ryan Costin. What game was this? I have no idea. Did we have we ever talked about Sunday Gold? It looks yeah. Like last it's, week uh... or so, we we had a we mentioned it. I think. Um, okay. Yeah. It takes it is... the point and click adventure genre and blends it with RPG elements. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he gave it a three three point or a three out of five. Um, saying that the panic state feels really apt. It has a unique blend of two genres and has the creative comic book style. Um, the negatives are point and click portions lack urgency, the characters lack a variety of skills, and the story has too narrow of a focus. Um, and then a No Place for Bravery review from Pascal Takaya. Um, this is a 2D action RPG inspired by a certain other franchise. I don't know what he's getting at but it has very nice pixel art um pascal gives this a 2.5 out of 5 says that it has an interesting and well-written codex entries for world building and has a strong soundtrack that only is let down by being too repetitive for the positives the negatives is that the combat is choppy um 
deaths feel cheap, and pixel art graphics cause the Switch's frame rate to dip dangerously. Nice. Wow. Wow. So, uh, uh, mediocre is what it sounds like. And then we've got a Wild Hearts preview from Alex. This is the uh, Eastern Monster Monster Hunter clone from EA and Tecmo Koi. So you, you can read about that preview. Um, Phil, you're the Monster Hunter fan of the uh, site. How do you feel about this Wild Hearts? It looks very, very interesting. I, I'm a little concerned about the, you know, the impression that the the combat goes a lot faster. I know it's like a big complaint with some people that fights a Monster Hunter take forever. Mm-hmm. But generally speaking, they take forever if you don't play well, which I will often tell people I don't play well. That's why some of my fights take 30 minutes. But if you watch like speedrunners and stuff, it only takes them three minutes, four minutes, five minutes because there's that much wiggle room in terms of skill. So if those fights are a lot shorter. I'm <laughs> just imagining speedrunners get done with fights in under 60 seconds. That would be interesting. Um, but we'll see. Like uh, there's, you know, Koei Tecmo has a lot of experience uh, making these games. They made, um, oh my gosh, uh, was it Talcadin? I believe. I want to say Talcadin. Uh, so they, they do have some experience there. So it definitely, and with the power and money of EA behind them, it'd be very mm-hmm. interesting to see what they pull off here. I'm definitely, I'm not looking too closely at the previews because I just want to be able to judge it on its own merits when right. it comes out. Because I'll probably be the one tackling that since I seem to get all the Monster Hunter games. So <laughs> we'll give that a fair shot, like I did with Dauntless and stuff. It, it's a high bar. That's the thing. It's 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 tough to to with Monster Hunter just is just so well done. Uh, we'll see, we'll see. I'm hopeful. Right. Yeah, I'm hopeful. I, too, I would like though. some serious competition with it because I, I like Dauntless, but for me, Dauntless just it doesn't come really too close. I don't know what the next thing would be other than Dauntless to Monster Hunter. Uh, I did God Eater Burst it's a couple the, months the ago. The new one that's coming out. Wild What's Hearts. That? Wild Hearts is the next one. Yeah, yeah no, but I mean, about. I mean, next to I mean, like in second place behind Monster Hunter series. There are so many Monster Hunter like games, but what is second place behind oh, Monster God Hunter? Eater. God Eater. Yeah, might be God Eater or and, and Lost I Planet. Just <laughs> some god eater the other day and it just feels so compared to monster it just feels very clunky um feels very arcadey like and the when your character gets knocked around it's like reminds me like the atari 2600 or the nes when your character just gets knocked over and there's just a couple of frames of animation and it's (laughs) just kind of cartoony uh and so i'll even take ragdoll physics if they're done well uh, I mean, you get some of that in Monster Hunter. Your your hunter will get thrown. So I've had my monster, my, my hunter thrown on top of a mountain sometimes. So I'm, it, Ragdoll is fine, but Arcady. So I, I'm not the biggest fan of God Eater. I like the story. I like the characters. I like that's anime. Uh, I think this has the potential to be much better than God Eater, from what little I've seen. Like I said, I'm trying to stay on Blackout, but I did happen to watch it. Chris, no love for Final Fantasy Explorers. Oh gosh. <laughs> no, I forgot about the game, Kelly. Why'd you have to remind me? Because I like to bring pain. Oh, can we end this show? What are you gonna play, everybody? I have an umbrella, Chris. What? What's the umbrella do? Oh, you do. Look at that on the stream. You do have an umbrella. Cute. I am off work this week, so Ooh. the world. The world is my oyster. I could play more. The well, world is I your could, burrito. I could play more uh, Shining Force. I could start something new. I could play more Trails. Or I could just nap the whole week. These Ooh, all sound yeah. like great ideas. <laughs> <laughs>
the real question is what I'm going to play on my Lego pilgrimage on Monday. Mm. What, like what's I your Lego take... pro- pilgrimage about? Oh, we're just going to Kansas City to buy stuff and maybe pick up some Legos. That's one of the closer Lego stores. I don't. I, I already bought the giant Bowser that I haven't put together yet, so I don't know what I'm really going to look for. And okay. I don't know if Vaughn's going to pick up a huge set or not. But we'll see. You're going it, to tempt it, yourself. Yeah, it's more with the with those kind of pilgrimages. It's more about the journey than the destination. We just like to pick up a bunch of shops we like to go to. Cool. What are you gonna play, Phil? Baldur's Gate. Yeah, a hot always. Game everyone's playing. Always Baldur's Gate. What about yeah. you, Josh? Um, more Lost Eidolons, and then I'll probably pick up Mario Plus Rabbids and see which one of those two Ooh. holds my attention. So I've been in a bit of a game funk, other than Steam Steam World, I guess. I just. I only play that in bed. Uh, I still need a game to play, like when I'm not in bed. Uh, I'm when Phil plays Baldur's Gate, it inspires me enough to try and play it myself. But other than that, it's not holding my interest. So, uh, good news for me though. This week, Plague Tale Requiem comes out. I'll be playing the Rat Game this week. Ew! I already have it pre-installed on my PC. <laughs> it's waiting and ready to go. Thank you, Game Pass. Did you see that PC uh, builders? Simulator 2 came out? I did, but it isn't yeah. calling to me. I don't know what to tell you, Like, but it should. And Phil, I tried yeah. to tempt Phil with it. Oh my gosh. Yeah, Chris had me play a trailer of that on the stream. And I, at first I thought PC building simulator meant that you were just going to be building, building. I mean, they got the, they've already got like, it's like a construction set, right? Super bor- <laughs> well, I mean, the airplane simulator looks super boring to me. And I just figured it was, this was going to be boring too. But then it turns out it's about actually building PCs and all these PCs have all these wicked looking graphics cards and liquid cooling and all this with lighting and RG. I was just like, holy cow, this looks badass. And then, of course, once you get done building it, it'll be like, now how do I buy this in real life? <laughs> My credit card can stake it. No, there's, there's just no, no. We're on a tight budget nowadays. You can't afford that. The answer is you can't because NVIDIA rose their prices. Uh did you call them NVIDIA? How are you supposed to pronounce it's it? It's NVIDIA, but NVIDIA. I love it. I like NVIDIA. It's like the successor to the Vita. I I had never seen it said out loud. So oh, really? Was, okay. Was yeah. NVIDIA. Nice. <laughs> that works. I, I do that a lot, and my husband makes way too much fun of me. Oh, NVIDIA. <laughs> yeah, so NVIDIA, NVIDIA. <laughs> Their graphics cards are a lot right now. They just announced their they 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 had announced two forty eighties, and um, the the lower memory one was actually cut down in a lot of other ways to the point where people are like, "How are you calling these both forty eighties?" And so this week, Nvidia says they're pushing the unlaunch button on that. So they unlaunched the forty eighty twelve gig because you know the unlaunch unlaunch button. That's a thing you've heard of, right? <laughs> sure. It's now. Also, the product wasn't even out yet. So, like, what does it mean that it's unlaunched when it's been canceled before release? And they're just going to rebrand it. So, <laughs> okay, they're, they're going to wait on more of the uh, the backlog of all those cards they made from miners that nobody wants anymore. To they're just going to call it a forty seventy Ti. Yeah, and released in January now. But we'll see. And, uh, yeah, still not an affordable graphics card announced by NVIDIA for this new generation. And, uh, let's see, November 3rd, we'll have, uh, AMD's answer. 
which it sounds like they're not going to be able to top the 4090, but we'll see if the rest of their their lineup is uh, competitive. We'll see what the price is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if they important. have something that's, you know, dollars for performance kicks NVIDIA's butt, AMD has an opening here to come and swoop in. Um, but uh, we'll see. Who knows? All right. Thanks, everybody. What? Oh, sorry, Jason. This is why I prefer console games. Ah, uh, I hate having to deal with this upgrade. You don't. You don't yeah. have. I, I mean, I'm using a 2080, which at this point has to be a few years old at least. Um, yeah, 2018, 2019. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm playing all the games at max settings on my monitor. I don't see a a need to upgrade myself. I, if I had like two monitors and they were set to 4K each and I like to have Are you running 144 hertz? Yeah. yeah. No. I, I can't okay. tell the difference between 60 and 144 so I don't bother. Oh, wow. Yeah, I can. So, like if you were running 1440p 144 hertz, maybe you'd be pushing it on some games, but in general, especially if you're just running 60 hertz, you're doing just fine with a 2080. I'm um, using like And you don't super... do 4K, so you don't care about that, and you don't yeah. care about HDR. No, you're doing fine. Yeah, I do HDR on my TV, though. Yeah, but not on your monitor, so... And my laptop handles that fine. Nice. Uh, When I play Monster Hunter and stuff. Yeah. uh, My laptop does... I think it's got, uh, like, the laptop version of the 2080. Do you notice a difference on Monster Hunter? Yeah, it's not huge. I have to, like... Sometimes I had to, like, flip it back and... Well, it doesn't flip very quickly, but I would I would flip it back and forth to say, is there really a difference? But by the time the TV resets, and I'm like, yeah, no, the fire... Especially, like, in, in places where there's a lot of light, there's fire in the in the forge and stuff. I definitely see where that kind of kicks in. And you have but a good I, HDR TV that can get bright enough? Yeah, it's okay. OLED, so yeah. that oh, helps. Nice. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I, I do feel like some of these things, including this, like, if I had a friend who's, like, really struggling with HDR, I'd be like, dude, it's top not worth it. it's not worth the struggle it's not worth paying a thousand dollars upgrade to a new graphics card or whatever it's 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 cute i'll turn it on because i've already got the graphics card that handles it but if you are in the tv but if you didn't that's i just don't feel like a lot of this is particularly worth the asking price or anywhere close there's definitely a hobbyist angle to spend a lot of money to turn on fancy graphics features that are hard to get to work right and then hard to get configured right. And even when you think you've done everything right, you might actually not be looking at it in the color space you think you are. And then, oh, it's just the worst. That's absolutely true. And that's, and that, you know, anybody who's thinking about PC gaming, just remember that section, that that discussion is completely optional and is for hardcore hobby. The way to go is just lower end, 60 frames a second, 1080p, no HDR, easy to configure, when you see the HDMI full versus HDMI low, you do the low one. You just keep it simple. Everything I mean, auto defaults and you're done. And then you don't. And then all you care about is, is it smooth or not? Right. And I, I don't know if like Doom is still like a gold standard or anything, but I mean, I played that newer Doom. Doom is very 60. efficient. It's good at running high frame rate. Yeah. Yeah. It does four. I put that on 4K. No problem. Yeah. yeah. Just to see. I'm if not I could. surprised. Yeah. Yeah. See, I really thought well. the gold I thought the gold standard was Far Cry. Far Crisis Cry. 2. <laughs> Crisis 2. Well, I remember Crisis that that being a thing, but Yeah, that's the so, other thing. Um the ga- the games that push the graphics right now are games people don't want to play because it's like Cyberpunk with all the ray tracing on. Oh. <laughs> Which people yeah. aren't really into at the moment. <laughs> so 
Yeah. You know what? Use the Saturn as your benchmark. There you go. The there you go. How Next fast can it emulate Saturn? All right, I'm good. <laughs> Chris, Chris, what do you think you'd have to have to be better than, or to be on par with the PS5? PS5? Like, what um, would be the PC equivalent, do you think, to be on par with the PS5? I mean, the 2080 is up there. Um, probably a 3070 is what I was thinking off the top of my head, but it could be a 3060. And Are those super expensive? Yes. Like, you'd, you'd save money buying a PS5 versus putting a system together with one of those. Yes. Well, yeah, of course, it's the system. But what about the gra- just the graphics card itself? What if I have uh, the system? No, the, no those graphics cards are like $500. Nice. Yeah. So the PS5 is, is you save some money. Um, but you have a lot more flexibility with a PC, right? Oh, so. yeah, of course. Ton, and you can upgrade it later and sell off that old card and get some of your money back. And you, things you can't do with a console, but also lots of hassle. <laughs> I feel like consoles are becoming the big hassle in my life, though, because I can't play my old games on my new consoles. Um, so I'm having to, in order to keep, since I am a hoarder to keep my library, I have to keep a bunch of consoles that have to be dusted and cleaned, And sometimes they break and have to be replaced and all of this. Whereas with my PC, I just, every once in a while I buy a new PC and like, I only upgrade. Well, how many games did we talk about this week that are coming out PC only or PC first? Like that's, that's an issue too. It's not like console gets everything. Yeah, that's true too. So the answer is Steam Deck. Steam Deck. Steam there you deck. go. Problem solved. It's a pretty good Best answer, actually. Worlds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Did we talk uh, about what everyone's deck. playing? Sorry. I yeah, think we so. did. Okay. So, Phil, I want to thank you very much for being on this week. You're going to keep streaming the rest of the day, or how's this going? Yeah, I'm going to take a, take a little break here, and then uh, I'll be back, and I'll stream. I don't know how long I'll stream for until like my back tells me it's time to stop. Until it's time to stop. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll probably play some Baldur's Gate here soon. Otherwise, nice. Chris will leave. Then, then I might be playing some Baldur's Gate. All right. Well, I'm going to sign off. Thanks, everybody, for watching. We'll be back here next week for our last or second to last episode before the big hiatus and Extra Life and all that. So, um, actually, are you streaming? Are you doing episodes of the podcast while we're off? Uh, it's up to you guys. I don't know how that's working. I don't have well, anything. Yeah. Y'all okay. Either. Just, well, either way, it'll be the last one for like six weeks that I'll be on or something do, like right? that. So. Okay. Sleeping in on Saturday, finally. Kelly, yeah, if Kelly's going to do all the Kelly stuff. That's what's really She's going to sleep in. Yep. All right. Yeah. So she your question of the week is, has a game ever injured you? Go to rpgamer.com, find the show thread and post there, and get ready to sponsor us for Extra Life. Go search for Extra Life on the site. Throw some money at Anna to get her up to a thousand bucks, because that gets matched. Pick your favorite streamer or our RP Gamer personality. Sponsor them as they play money to help heal kids for various hospitals. Phil, who are you playing for? Phil, do you have a, an extra life hospital? Are you playing? Oh, you're not. Okay. I didn't know because I'm not taking donate. You're not I, taking I, donations. Okay. I, I'm telling everyone to go to donate to Anna because you get ma- you get matched. That's right. Yeah, if you donate to me, even if I had so, something, I'm Anna, I believe, is playing for Children's of Wisconsin, so that'll be fun. Woo! Okay, everybody, go and enjoy your gaming week, and we'll see you next time. Bye, Bye-bye. everybody. Bye. Bye.